Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SU Nation Network. Joining me once again is the Commissioner and Podcast Legend, Jude Seymour, as well as the Commissioner, or excuse me, the Chief Inspector, Brendan McAlinden. I was psyched for a second that he got a new job and we were going to celebrate something here, so... Uh, that would be something else. He would have to quit first. And uh, I, I can tell you right now on the site right now, the word quit is a buzzword. <laughs> but I wanna, so I got to tell you guys something. I, I just found out tonight that my wife just found out today. Congratulations. She's 39 years old. She's 39 years old. And she's been walking around her whole entire life. Thinking you can steal that- holy water and sell it. And it's okay with <laughs> in God's eyes. It is not stealing. It's just, I mean, it's it's creative it's management not, of, uh, it's, of li- it's, a, it's creative management of liquid assets. <laughs> so she's been walking around for, you know, her whole life, 39 years. And today she just found out that the song about seeing mommy's kissing Santa Claus, that Santa Claus was actually the dad. What? Her entire oh, life boy. she believed there was a real Santa Claus and she was and she wanted that song. She's like, well, if they're gonna ban uh baby, it's cold outside. Shouldn't they ban bing? I saw Bobby kissing Santa Claus, because you know, infidelity. I want to put anyone who says ban baby it's cold 39 outside. 39 years this woman's been walking around thinking that Santa was just cheating on Mrs. Claus with some random hoe down on, on Millburn Avenue. Oof. Man. By the way, I, I, mean, wa- I do want to put anyone who disparages Baby It's Cold Outside into a cannon and launch them into the sun. Every single oh, one too. of them. I did too. I did too. Right into the sun. Beautifully sung by Zoe Dachanel or whatever the fuck her last name is, and Will Ferrell. Yeah. Uh, the Elf. best version, the best version of it is Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> on his wonderful, on his wonderful, and if you haven't listened to Seth MacFarlane's Christmas album, it is an all-timer. I have, I have not, so now I know what I'm doing tomorrow. Yeah, he's like, he's, to, uh, oh, go ahead. Well, I know, oh, I, I, I was about to say, I, I know the album you're going to be listening to. Uh, you're going to be listening to She and Him, uh, very She and Him Christmas, right? I was going to say, I, I'm going to list, be listening to uh, Piety's Top 25 uh, Song of 2022, so... I got a top. I mean, I got that. I got a top twenty-five. I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't appreciate. I don't appreciate the poke you put out there with that, though, Brendan. With which one? <laughs> For thirties and forties who who felt who, who listened to the same uh, alt music uh, since For, high school, college. Listen, for someone who was rocking out, I I literally just made a new playlist called Seattle. Because I because I had just got back into the whole nineties uh, Seattle slash grunge slash West Coast. Uh, yeah, rock yeah. Scene. You, you needed to make your own playlist. Yeah. There wasn't uh, a playlist out there that's <laughs> almost number. No, I fucking make my own. I don't want anybody's random shit. I like my shit. I mean, I all of the I all of these songs I know. It's just a matter of remembering. Look, I did a lot of partying from that, you know, from age 16 to 25. So I may not remember some of these titles to songs i can tell you the fucking track number on the cd uh if you remember if everyone remembers cds 
you know, uh, but what's funny is I'm the same way with a lot of music from that time, too, is like I remember the track title and mostly it's just like, you know, tracks three, four and five. That's it. Right. That's the CD because like, everything like, else on the CD sucked ass. Tool, Tool is like the greatest example for me. I don't know the names of I don't I know Prison Sex and maybe Opiate. That might be the only two songs I remember, like Sober. There's three songs I remember the names for. Like everything else has, has just been has been tracks. Luckily, they hadn't. I mean, not luckily because they should have made more albums. But you know, I mean, I, I know the fucking track number. I know the track. You know, it's track eleven or whatever on where the this the German shit comes out on on Anima. So, anyways, uh, to to listen to Tool these days, do you have to pull out your old Laserdisc player and, and pull out the uh, <laughs> no? It's the they, they're on they're on Apple, man. They got on Apple like a year and a half, two years ago. Ooh, okay. Oh. But I'll tell you what, though, it is like lo-fi as fuck. Like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like it can't be loud enough. <laughs> I, I'm serious. Like, it's some, somehow, like, there is a the, – the, the, the master they have or whatever. Yeah, just, some of the masters got – like, there's – um. Uh, one big thing that always gets me is I was a really big fan of Cake in the '90s. That was like my oh, favorite '90s love, band. Love Cake. Yeah. Love Cake. Well, the the problem with Cake is is that I don't know if their masters got lost, but they had to re-record songs, and the re-recorded versions of their songs that's on like Spotify and Amazon are you serious? Apple are trash. Are yeah. Are go, you serious? Go, go listen to Hem of Your Garment on off prolonging the music, which is the best Cake song of all time. And they Bam. added in like all Bam. of this. Well, I mean, you go sheep go to heaven. Uh, you know, never there's up there. I'm saying, let me go. Uh, well, I mean, off of prolonging that, off that album. Pro, that prolonging album. the magic's the best. Is the best album they had. Yeah, period. no, it's un- unquestionable. Yeah. Um, this is just though, amazing. I mean, the, the hipster in me would say the hipster in me would say motorcade of generosity uh, would yeah, be in but, there because you know it's yeah, got. Don't, don't, be a, don't be a hipster. <laughs> not, yeah, not on this show. This is fascinating to me because my my coworker, uh, her literally her top her top played artist for on those Spotify raps for the last as long as I've known worked with her has been Cake. So yeah. like Well they redid they redid cuts of it and like the version of it not like they changed the tempo of the song. They added in like a bunch of weird sound effects. Like it's Are not the serious? same version of the song. It's awful. Is it it was it like, for contractual reasons? Like they had they had I, to reclaim their rights or something by re-recording, like Taylor Swift. I don't I don't know. I don't know if that that's what it, Listen, like nothing else is. It's just hem of your garment is all like fucked up and janky and not the version on my CD. And the I hate entire it. time that we the entire time we we had our our CRV for like nine fucking years, and two of the CDs in there uh, was were cake CDs, and. If we couldn't, if we couldn't agree on it, it, Cake just came on. Like the kids all know Cake songs. Like they'll they'll sing them by heart, just off of those two, you know, those two CDs that we had in there for fucking ever. But I can't recall listening to it, uh, and I know we've we've listened to it off Apple Podcasts. I don't ever recall being like, "What the hell is this?" So that's funny. But now, now I'm curious. Now, yeah, they did. In '98, uh, it was it was for Capricorn Records, and then 2001, they signed with Columbia. It got reissued by Volcana Records, and they did alternate recordings of "You Turn the Screws," "Sheep Go to Heaven," and "Hem of Your Garment." And so it's the Taylor Swift effect. It's kind of like that, yeah. And the version, like "Sheep Go to Heaven," is not that different, but "Hem of Your Garment" is like wildly mm. different and not good. 
Uh, it's too Interesting. bad. I mean, that just knocks the nostalgia all out of it. Oh, it sure does. And when you want to say, hey, this is like, I mean, it's, it's one of my three favorite cake songs. And when I want to recommend cake to somebody, I'm like, listen to it on YouTube. <laughs> because, because who, are you, uh, who are you recommending yeah. cake to? Like, how is that not like... Yeah, I mean, millennials around oh, my okay. age that that weren't cool, I guess. Ugh, yeah. Like I only I only listened to oh, yeah, they uh, that. that's their loss. I, I just feel like to, it's you funny because we, we went through this whole thing. We went through this whole like little mini period where. Um, these, these one word bands kind of got all muddled in my head. So like cake came out at the same time as like, for me, like tonic and, uh, what was a filter, garbage. right? Garbage. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like they're all sort of in there. Hey, garbage uh, was fucking good. Same time. Oh yeah, absolutely. I saw garbage open for you too at the university of Notre Dame. Uh, my yeah, fraternity yeah. brother was absolutely insanely in love, uh, with the band and, and with, and with what's her face, uh, surely. And he would, yeah, he would not, I mean, he would fight you. He would fucking fight you. If you tried to like, t- I'm telling you, man, it was on all the time. Uh, <laughs> and it's just like, are you, there's other music, bro. Uh, but, uh, but it was good. I mean, garbage is good. Anyways. Yeah. I looked at, I looked very quickly at Brendan's list today and there was one song that I definitely have listened to and liked. And there was like a couple of other songs where it's like, oh, I've heard that title and that artist, and then a couple more where I was like, I know that artist, but I don't know that song. So I'm looking was, forward was to Was the song time. Weezer? Oh, I, I listen to that song. I think that song sucks, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, my record. Yeah, I don't love that song. Now, uh, the uh, the song of the year, as far as I'm concerned, is As It Was by Harry Styles. The, the song is awesome. Certified That's Bob. That's a good one. Yeah. My, uh, my song of the year is either Settling or uh, Keep It Up from Rex Orange County. For Clarity, Vance it. Joy. I mean, Clarity is probably the best Vance Joy song I've written. I mean, God, that was I, first. I feel like I feel like Jude showed up to talk about recruiting. I don't know if I have the the uh, it, the catalog the to uh, talk about song <laughs> song of the year. Yeah, song of the year is somewhere between settling, keep it up, and Clarity. I mean, Clarity might be the best Vance Joy. I mean, it's just like that's one of those ones where you put it on when you're driving in your car and you just can't stop drumming on like hitting the the notes on your uh steering wheel i just i'm not like i'm not old enough to be like i don't like today's music but there's a lot of shit out there that i will not listen to and there's a lot of great stuff that i will listen to but i just think it's awesome that we have like you know like apple apple music and all that shit where i can like hey this band was cool that i never really listened to back in 2003 and they got three albums out let me go dive into that for a little bit yeah, and I'll go sure. do that or like, yeah. I, I, I really, listen, I've really expanded, uh, especially for me, who's huge, you know, I'm big hip hop and heavy metal type person, but I have been diving into, uh, some outlaw cowboy country, both old oh. and new, both old and new. And I am fucking digging it. Like, like I, then you know, I, I'm driving, I'm driving the pickup truck with the rust and I'm loving it. I have a recommendation for you. They finally released Willie Nelson live at the Budokan on uh, on CD and therefore on Spotify. It's an it's a record that he put out in '84 uh, that like wasn't widely. It was only available in Japan or something like that. 
very good. I listened to it the other day. Very good live album. Um, just kind of Willie in his prime and, uh, and the, and the family are, are, are going. And also, um, kind of interesting because Paul McCartney was nabbed in Japan with drugs, just like a couple of years prior, Willie actually played those shows sober. Oh, so nice. that's all interesting too. So, yeah, I listen, I'm just, I am absolutely amazed at some songs that I've been hearing lately that I think are like from like 1978 and they were just like recorded like last year, but <laughs> get the fuck out of here. That's, that is fantastic. Like, yeah, like, I don't know. It's been good. So, so, Welcome to signing day, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) That long pause there because like we really, we really mean it. Welcome to national signing day. Uh, uh, Man, it it is a, it's a wild ride for one recruit. Most of the script has already been written. um, But the, the overall tale of the class is definitely something that uh, that we're going to get into tonight, um, both some good and some bad. Uh, or today. I say that we're recording this on Tuesday night, so we haven't even got the big news, bad or good, yet that we're supposed to be getting on Wednesday. Uh, so we're, we're just kind of winging it here. Uh, but I do want to remind everybody before we get rolling, rolling, to get on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a review, uh, leave a rating, Whatever review that you leave, we will read uh, word for word on the next OFT podcast. I do not have any tonight. Uh, y'all lazy, lazy ass bitches. Uh, get on over there. Leave that rating. Leave a review um, and become a part of the show. I believe we will have a giant uh, Q&A um, coming up in a few weeks, uh, probably sometime after after the bowl, um, between the bowl and, and the next signing day. I think we're going to do a giant uh, Q&A, which – Sometimes it only takes two questions to go two hours. So, <laughs> so we'll see how all that goes. Uh, Jude is, uh, is, uh, he's auditing this class today, uh, for recruiting. Uh, so I'm sitting in the back hoping you don't notice me. <laughs> uh, he did get permission for the Dean first, so it's all good. Uh, Brendan. So yeah, I think, t- I think for, just for our own purposes here to on this show, we are kind of kind of like pretend Peyton Bowen doesn't exist in some moments yeah. and pretend that he does exist in other moments. You so know what, what I do mean? we want to play with the early the onset? I mean, technically he's well, part of the class as of recording this. He he is definitely a, a commit. And so I mean so fuck so is Jaden Lamar for crying out loud. Yeah. Which is just you know, just I mean, maybe we, you want to talk about that. I mean, the lat the latter is more gone than the former, or the yes. former is more gone than the latter, right? I mean, Lamar is gone. Yeah, and I, I mean, I guess I kind of do want to address like I've been getting beaten up by like twenty guys that each have like twelve followers on Twitter about the about the just decommit before we record this podcast comment I made on oh, Twitter. Right, right. Well, not not like, you, there's there's you, twenty guys with twelve there's. There's 20 guys with 12 followers, and then there's also a guy named Drake Bowen. So go ahead. I'm liking it. Yeah, that was funny as hell. Like, I don't expect Drake Bowen, who is like 18 years old, to like actually get a joke because kids just don't get jokes nowadays. Like, do they not realize what that is? Like, they're out here like, oh, you're pushing a recruit one way. I'm not fucking pushing anybody 
unlike your loser asses. There was nobody tagged there, you fucking dweebs. I mean, come on. Uh, by the way, don't be out there. Don't be that guy. Don't be, don't be tweeting at recruits. Uh, Unless you're a recruit, then please tweet at them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, rope them in. Uh, you know, send them a present. Uh, send them, uh, send them drugs. Whatever, whatever you got to do. Uh, legal drugs and all the goodness. But anyway, so this is uh, look. Even without Peyton Bowen and even without Jaden Lamar. And I'm going to say – I'm saying this like it's fact, but I don't know if it is. Most people think it's still a top 10 class, but it may not be depending upon a few schools behind, you know, floating around, depending upon what they grab and all that. That that still could be very much in the air. But it's well, nowhere near – I mean, Notre Dame was the number one class at one point. Then then we then we were floating right, right around three for a long time, and we all knew that that was going to change – at some point, because there was just there was other schools behind that were gonna that were gonna gain some, and the two schools ahead of us, you knew they were you know, Georgia and Alabama. They were not gonna yeah. lose recruits. Uh, but by the but, way, you know, um, spe- speaking of that recruiting ranking, I would I would like to put out there, um, hey Greg, uh, Greg Flamont, um, remember when you mocked me mercilessly for the Arch Manning effect with the Texas class? Where's Texas's recruiting class right now after getting Arch Manning? Like, look at the string of commits they got since Arch Manning and how Arch Manning transformed a mediocre Texas class into suddenly being now the fourth ranked class. Does it? So can we can we talk about Arch Manning for a minute? Uh, we sure that can. He might, he might be the most overrated five star quarterback since Gunnar Keel. Maybe. I mean, maybe. But the fact is, I mean, is he's still pulled in. I mean, they got does he three other test? five stars. No, no. Oh, I get it. I get I get that. Well, guys, he's roping in. But as the player himself, like there's a lot of chatter out there and they're not wrong. Like you go look at the games. It's like that's not very fucking impressive. Like, how does this guy just like keep cementing his spot at number one? And guys that are out there just like fucking blowing numbers up, looking great with all the with all the intangibles. Other than the last name, he is the Manning CJ Carr. I just, it, it cra- I mean, it just cracks me up. It's like there's a lot of people out there, people that I like trust, that are a little leery on like his status as like the top fucking dog. Now, am I saying he should be a five star? Not exactly, uh, but I mean, like to to put him in the Jimmy Clausen status, fuck off. Well, he's Clawson not in Jimmy Clausen's because he, he's below. I mean, he, well, he's nine 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 nine, right? But like, that's, that's if you that's look Clawson's at the, right. if you look at other quarter, like, is Malachi Nelson better? Is Dante Moore better? Is Jackson Arnold better? I don't know. I mean, I don't know either. But it, it, it aside from the competition factor of between the players themselves, like the actual, like, it, are you this? Are you good enough to be this? I'm not sure if I'm seeing it. I'm just saying. Now well, there's no doubt. Like his, yeah, I mean, like his, 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 his the na- ultimate support staff, right? I mean, like if he right, if well, he needs to bounce some things off, he uh, he's out. Th- I mean, he's out there getting blown. You know, just getting blown out in fucking games. So I mean, he is a Texas quarterback, then, right? He sure is. I mean, how's uh, Quinn Ewers doing? Uh, 
Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. How, how's that? <laughs> Anyways. So we'll get past, we'll get past the, the quarterback that we don't have. Um, but I mean, overall, the, the class is strong. Uh, like, look, it, I was definitely in that camp. Like, let's just say Peyton Bowen's a no go. And it, look, and Jade Lamar's gone. Uh, I don't know how else to say it. Like, he's gone. But like the overall amount of kids we have in the top 150 yeah. is pretty is pretty damn strong. It is it is the most amount of top 150 kids that we've we've had in the last oh shit 12 13 years at least, right? Yeah, and and even if you remove Lamar from the mix, they're still then tied with Alabama for the most four star sign. Um, yeah, like this is a this is a great blue chip ratio class, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, it, and again, top one fifty talent, top fifty, top one hundred, top one hundred. Yeah, they got what? What is it? Yeah. Uh, even without Peyton Bowen, isn't it uh, four four kids in the top one hundred? Yeah, just go. Yeah, just going it. So uh, just going off of like twenty four seven composite, which is what I mostly use. Although I did put an article out that that had uh, they broke it down for all the sites for. 24-7 on three rivals and ESPN. But just using 24-7's rankings, like once you get past the 150 mark, like 156 is Jaden Osbury. 160 is Micah Bell. 165 is Kenny Minchie. 170 is Bubakar Trail. Get what I'm see get what I'm see what I'm yeah, getting at yeah, here? Yeah. Like there, there's a lot of guys like real fun. If you were within like 10 to 15 spots of a spot, you're basically that spot. Because at that the, point it's all a wash. I mean, everything yeah, after. If you're the fifteenth, if you're the fifteenth best recruit in the country, you could be as good as the number one recruit in the country. Basically, that's like me you know saying I, mean? I was ten points away from not failing that test. No, that's not. <laughs> yeah. this, 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 this is recruiting. There's more. There's more magic to this than than fucking than test scores. Like it's it's brewed like a potion here, which is tail. I mean, a sometimes snail. three stars who were committed to Washington State end up becoming the winningest backs in uh, Notre Dame program history. I get it. That's I true. Mean, that, yeah. That's some of it. I, I'm just saying, like within the rankings themselves, like like ten, within ten spots of a of a ranking number, you could put that. Like if a guy was if a guy was 160, maybe he's the 170th recruit. It's about the same thing. You know what I mean? Like up and down, give or take. They're somewhere in that area because these guys that put all these records together, I don't care if it's their full time job and they got 20 guys working on this. None of this is like dead nuts accurate, but it's close enough for where they believe. So I think I think like a 10 spot give or take is, is fair. Um, so so again, top 150 talent. And then I just re- listed off like what five guys within that within that spot of 150. It's pretty damn good. And Notre Dame's loaded up on a lot of good talent in this class. The problem is, is that the promise of Marcus Freeman was five-star elite type players. And we're losing, you know, we were losing them, you know, Keon yeah, well, Keely, five-star five, five committed, gone. Dante Moore, five-star quarterback, silent committed, gone. Uh, to, to be gone from Eugene as well, uh, to, to LA. And then, you know, the possibility of, five-star Peyton Bowen could be gone. Like that was the promise of Mark of Marcus Freeman. And not, this isn't a knock on Marcus Freeman either. Like at all. No, like there he are, can't there fight are, the, he cannot fight the forces that are at work that are pre- right. preventing if, him if, from doing it. If yeah. Marcus Freeman was the head, was the head coach and recruiting Notre Dame 
you know, eight years ago, we'd be knocking, we'd be fucking number one class in the country. I guarantee you. Like you get back within those realms where the bag man was still uh, working in the shadows instead of like with smaller bags too. Instead of like with his shirt off, uh, <laughs> you know, with, with copper tone on his nose, then, you know, you can still do your thing. And I, w- and I would say too, sort of to, to circle back to Jute's point with it, like you look at the 21 class, right? 27 kids. And I can say with pretty good certainty that the two very best players in that entire class were the 400th ranked kid in the class, Joe Alt, and the 493rd ranked player in Logan Diggs. So, yes, I mean, there is a whoa, semblance whoa, whoa, of Whoa, whoa, son. Whoa, 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 son. All right, are you going to make an argument for Blake Fisher over Logan Diggs? I'm going to make a fuck. You know goddamn well I ain't going to let you get away with this entrecastamay slander. Okay, so, but I mean, like, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right. Audric has to make it 231. So Audric, we'll say that Joe Alt is the best, and then the Diggs estimate thing is one or the other. I mean, I mean, you got Mitchell Evans there, who is the 493rd ranked prospect in the country. He's pretty good. He's gonna be. I yeah. think he's. I, 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 I think he's I, pretty I, good. He's got a chance. He's probably your starting. He's is he tight end one next year? I think so. Right. Eh, probably Raritan. You think Raritan? If if Raritan's healthy, I mean. Raritan is is going to be a, a a really fucking special talent if he can stay healthy. Well, to to this and that, point, and right and right now that's a big if. I mean, because and, and, well, I guess to this point, out. two years in, uh, the production uh, from from Evans is higher than it is for Raritan, but Raritan can't help the injuries. Yeah, but not only that, but like motherfucking Pat Coogan, who was ranked 612 in the country, right? They they like what he's shown up, and all the reports coming out like people fucking love Pat Coogan. Like he's going to be battling for a job, you know, inside, you know, as a guard next year, you know, as a, as a guy who's also, you know, probably going to be your backup center. And we haven't even discussed your 2024 starting Notre Dame quarterback, Ron Paulus, the third. Goddamn right. RP three, baby. He's going to have the game. He's going to have the game winning touchdown pass against South Carolina and the Gator Bowl. You watch. Oh, Oh my God. I would. I'll die. I'll die. I won't you be able to write die. anything. You, you will die. I won't die. be able to write yeah. anything. My quick recap. My re- quick recap of the game will be ah oh, fuck. <laughs> the end. Yeah, like, yeah. like in uh, Monty Python, where it just trails <laughs> off and he's dead. Yeah, yeah, it'll it'll just be like E for like enough like three thousand characters. Uh, yeah. So yeah, this but yeah. Time, go ahead. Go ahead. But yeah, I mean, you're Jude's right in that some of it doesn't matter, but also um, you need to hit on guys in the top 100, and that's why Notre Dame went eight and four this year is because they yeah, didn't hit also, on the guys in eight and four. You all were strutting your big stuff about how great that Marcus Freeman was as a recruiter. Now, mm, well, we just said we just said why. We yeah. just, I mean, it's outside forces that that kind of like hey, kind of but that's the game, right? And so if we're gonna give we're gonna give Marcus but then his it, flower. But, but that doesn't make yeah. him no that doesn't that doesn't take away his that doesn't take away take away how he how good he is. Yeah, no, it absolutely does. Absolutely does. No, that's that's like having like like you are the you're the best fucking uh you're the best wrestler at 
you know, in the world at 165 weight class. And then a 215 pound guy comes walking in. It's a little different. Well, the 215 pounder is the fucking the NIL bags. Oh, that's that's a that's a false equivalence because Marcus is in the is in division one and he's not trying to wrestle out of weight class here. He's trying to wrestle in in the class and then he's getting he's getting pushed around. Marcus needs to be. So with Jude, <laughs> I, I actually I actually kind of agree with Jude because what Marcus needs to be is Marcus needs to be Frank Thomas in the steroid era and still hit dingers. Yeah, that's what you've seen. Well, no, you need to. You're living in the ste- like Frank Thomas lived through the steroid era, and he was clean. And you know, there's the Mark McGuire's and the Sammy Sosa's. Like Frank, the Big Hurt still got his. All right, then, 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 then yeah. fucking fire Marcus Freeman. Go no, hire the guy. Go hire the guy. Go hire the guy who's fucking running the hedge funds. Because that's uh, that's all that's gonna make a difference, right? But I think I think <laughs> the problem I think the problem of the narrative is is that Marcus Freeman started so hot with it, with Keon Keeley and depending on how this Peyton Bowen thing goes, but then also with Dante, um, is that it looked so good early on, right? Which is why that, you don't spike the ball in the end zone when when we're literally at the ten yard line. But, right? but what well, kind well, you're of not in the end zone, Joe. I think everybody is, is th- it, that immediately changed expectations early on. And then when those two guys didn't pan out and potentially three guys didn't pan out, everybody looks at the class and they go, well, this class stinks. And they ignore the fact like Josh. No, I'm, said not saying it stinks. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that when we were sitting here giving Marcus his flowers for landing, what, how many guys inside the top 50? Uh, well, he had, he had four inside the top four, 50. four guys inside yeah. of the top 50. And, and how many is he actually going to sign tomorrow or today? For sure. One, potentially two. Okay. And, and what I would say though, is when I look at the class and there's some comparisons being made, like you lose Peyton Bowen and it's just a, a, a Brian Kelly class. Well, hold up. Because when I look at the class and I look at the way that it's constructed is I see wide receivers I see cornerbacks. I, I, I certainly see more than three wide receivers. I certainly I see more than three wide more receivers. Than one, I certainly see more than one wide receiver. I see Christian Gray in this class. Uh, that's that's delightful. Um, you know, Michael Bell would be like a bellwether signing under Brian Kelly, and he's the second cornerback in the class. Um, I, I just I like the way that the class is built. Um, it's very middle. It's it's very middle heavy. Um, which is why they need to hold I mean, on. Bre- to- Brennan Vernon was a five-star. Brennan Vernon was inex- a five-star. Inex- inexcusably for Ohio still have not there. still have not got a fucking a real reason why they drop they kept dropping him. Did he uh, not dominate in Ohio this year? He fucking crushed it, dude. The <laughs> Ohio Ohio high school football writers basically have him ranked out as the number one player in the state. You thought yeah, he was not a five-star, which is what Ohio. he was going. Which is what he was when he signed with Notre Dame. He was the number one right. Ohio player. So you're the be- so so you're the number one fucking player in Ohio. You're gonna tell me you're not a five star right now? Get the fuck out of here. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's the, meant to his 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 size his size his size is detriment to the recruiting. He's gonna be a DT. He's probably gonna be a DT when it's all said and done. But he's gonna be which a is, fucking explosive ass DT. Which is what you I mean, need depend- in modern college football, right? I mean, you need right. I mean, it, 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 and that's something Notre Dame's lacks. Depend- Jerry Tillery in the Stanford game being his his you know right. 
I mean, and it, it, I mean, it honestly depends too upon what they do with his body. But I mean, he's boomed out. He is a Brennan Vernon is the size of my state. He is fucking massive. Yeah, uh, he's just a big, big dude who looks like he could get a lot bigger, and, and that's awesome and scary. Uh, but like, yeah, going from a five, like, not even, and not just him, like fucking Drake Bowen, former five star <laughs> fucking player, Buckus like Award a, winner, Mister Buckus Indiana. Award winner. Dropping like a rock in the rankings, yet all he's doing is cleaning house. Mr. Football in the state of Indiana, Buckus Award winner. Uh, He's rushing like 220 yards a game, as well as racking up all the tackles. He's a fucking stud, man. He's he's damn good. He's got a Buffalo tattoo. I mean, how many running backs do you like more than Jeremiah Love in this class, too? I mean, that... that, uh, I mean that, that that fits the bill of what Notre Dame needs, right? I mean, the, of the good news, you have three running backs in this class, which was almost inexcusable because it made you wonder, like, who's 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 Bolton? Like, why is there three backs in this class? Well, because they all kept signing, and then right. it was like, who's going to blink? Wait, who's well, leaving? Well, and the best one well, I was think like, is the one that stayed. Right, Lamar, you know, Lamar was first, right? And then it was Dylan Edwards. And no matter what, you wanted Dylan Edwards on the team because of his insane speed. Like, he's right. just so fucking fast. you got to have that kind of speed on that team. You can use it for, for all sorts of things. And then the, the top the top dog running back that you wanted commits to Jeremiah Love. <laughs> so now you're in a situation where you got these three guys. You accepted all three commitments. You'll take them all if they want to come. Lamar ended up being, you know, I guess it was Edwards, you know, for, First, well, yeah. no, I think Lamar started taking. No, Lamar started sniffing around before Edwards decommitted. And Lamar's been sniffing around for a while, and then you know Edwards decommits. He goes, hangs out with uh, Dion to make his dad happy uh, and himself happy. Whatever, I mean, good for him. And then uh, you know now Lamar's. I mean, at some point he's going to be saying on Wednesday that he's flipping from you know Notre Dame to Oregon. But yet we still have Jeremiah Love. Who's the highest rated running back Notre Dame will sign since Greg Bryant? Right. That's th- th- that's what I mean. It's like, like, the, like we could celebrate that, right? Like, are we are we allowed to? Sell? I mean, he's not a five yes. star, but he's the fifth. Yes. But he's the fifth ranked running back in the country. That What's is, the highest? Who's the highest ranked uh, offensive lineman Notre Dame has signed in the last ten years? Blake Fisher. What, what did Blake Fisher finish out at? Depends on the sites. He was a five star on rivals. No, 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 no. Uh, we, 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 we live in a 21, uh, in a composite life. Uh, what he was we, like 70th, right? 55th. 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 Uh, do you know what Notre Dame is bringing in in this class? Uh, the 49th is best 49th. player in the country. Jackie saw. And, yeah. and I mean, you have to go all the way back and like, in order to get to that, that level, of like this is the highest since Q. That's good, right? Like I, I that's that's what yes. I don't understand about people where they get like so butthurt about certain things and, and and it's because they started so hot and then it fell off sort of at the end that they 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 ignore the fact that there are bones to this class that if they didn't have Keon Keeley committed and if they didn't have the sort of um you know, the, the nonsense with Dante that went on that people would look at this class and they'd be like, okay, all right, this Jude, is, this is, this is going to work. Jude, do you know what uh, Kyle Hamilton was ranked? 
I twenty four seven composite. Quentin Nelson was the sixty first ranked, by the way. So I think you have to go all the way back. Like, I mean, you got to go back to get a guy yeah. higher than Jack. Well, Cal Cal Hamilton was a was a was four star sixtieth ranked player in the country in two thousand nineteen on the two four seven composite. In comparison to Peyton Bowen, who is the fourteenth ranked overall player and a five-star composite. Although to, I don't know if it's the Kyle Hamilton's defense or uh, as part of the Peyton Bowen fan club, Bowen can fucking can return some shit on special teams uh, as well. You got, a, you got a special teams player there. So, I mean, we all know that, that if, yeah, and maybe you could play offense because we know that Kyle is incapable of doing so. <laughs> uh, he's, he's, he's basically a, a right. one-way guy. He, he, he didn't have the ability to, to do special teams or unless it was kick return or punt return. Or the right? desire, frankly, uh, frankly, I don't, I mean, really there was, yeah, there was I never mean, any, yeah, I just don't think he had the heart. Yeah. There was never like, any, I don't think he had a chest for, for, for yeah, yeah. There's, there's definitely a, I, like, a Notre, chest. Notre Dame was stacked yeah. at wide receiver. Notre Dame was stacked. So stacked. So stacked. I mean, they didn't need Kyle Hamilton at wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, for him to ask Tommy to play offense, that's disrespectful. Yeah, he got he got forbid we put him back there as a as a kick returner. My my God, uh, he could get hurt, man. Holy cow! You guys, yeah, he could you guys, get hurt. Yeah. Nah. I mean, I'd rather just put him on like so, punt coverage because that's the safest play in sports. Yeah, definitely Gunner. You definitely so, Gunner uh, is. When I think of safe places, I think of Gunner. Speaking. Speaking of wide receivers. And like we've already mentioned, there's four in this class. Yeah. Which is three more than last than last year's <laughs> class. Sure I mean, is. great job. Del Alexander. One more than, than one than one more than the Dell Alexander like shelf shelf life three. But can we say the, chance? The guys to make we got. What's that? I said, can we say Chancey makes it happen? Oh so yeah, okay, he's making it happen. So you tell me there's a Chancey. <laughs> So what's what, so what's really interesting about the, the about having these four wide receivers is, dude, three of them are from the state that I refuse to go to uh, in Texas. Yeah, uh, and which is which is a pretty impressive. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, that's fucking impressive as hell. I mean, you go in and you get a couple of Texas kids. I mean, <laughs> Notre Dame could have got you know four or five kids from Texas in the cycle. That's impressive, but like I'm just from that same position group three kids that I, I don't know to me, that's impressive, but like Braylon James is, you know, uh, rated the highest, but Jaden Greathouse is a guy who, you know, that, that guy or football team, they're fucking frightened of Jaden Greathouse. Uh, you know, what was it? Ryan Yates, Peyton Bowen, Jaden Greathouse go, will go to town at Westlake on, on that, they they did not have they did not handle him very well. Uh, I don't know if it was this year, but definitely last year. Um, I watched a, or there was a conversation between uh, between Ryan and Peyton about like that name gets that name was used as a verb. Jaden Greathouse's name was used as a verb by a five star player. Like you got Greathouse. That's a that's a huge compliment. He's a he's a good player. It's a he's a funny ranking or and a funny like projection. ESPN. And I know we how we feel about ESPN rankings. It is what it is, but it's still funny. Like they have him listed as an H back slash wide receiver, and there's and they're not the only one. Like he's been kind of like talked about in that model in that model that role. Like he's not he's not even 
I mean, he's six one and a half. He's not like yeah. I, I love super six tall. one. I I love six one running backs. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> six one running backs. I, yeah, I like six three wide receivers. Braylon James is a six two. I'll take that. Uh, Rico Flores is a six one. Uh, Caleb Smith right around the six. six I mean, yeah, he's just you know, and Caleb Smith is the is the lowest ranked recruit in this class, and I was over the moon that we got him. And hell, we might get another Caleb Smith uh, as a tra- for transfer. I don't even know if we might. I think that's a done deal, right? I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure. Sh- I mean, it's it's talk in the manner that it's talked about. We're just waiting on an announcement. But I and won't say tom- much more He said that. he's going to do it tomorrow, right? He said he's going to do it tomorrow? Oh, I didn't think it was going to be tomorrow. I thought it was going to be this week. <sighs> yeah, I, I'm, for, I, don't know where I, saw, maybe, I don't know where I saw it. You know, I thought hey, I saw it was tomorrow. Maybe. Maybe he does do it tomorrow. Maybe, you know, I could see Notre Dame asking him, hey, if you're going to announce, can you do it on this day to kind of roll in with the good news? Uh, the press conference for Notre Dame is today at two o'clock. Um, so maybe you'll get maybe before two o'clock, we'll get something about um, about Caleb Smith from Virginia Tech, who's a pretty damn good player. Uh, if you're going to get a guy from Virginia Tech, which is not a good football team, that's a good one to go grab. Um uh, That'd be the uh, that probably be the best uh, transfer wide receiver we've got. I would say that is Freddie Canteen Slander, and I will not always. <laughs> <laughs> That's Cam Smith Slander, and I will. will mm. mm-hmm. Actually, no. The best one is is Ben Skoranek, right? We can all say that Ben Skoranek. Is Ben Skoranek the best ben, transfer ben, player? Ben Skoranek is the tearing it up decade? in the fuck. He is. Well. I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, I thought I really think Cody Riggs is underrated because when Cody Riggs meant a lot to that defense and he filled uh, a hole, but I think Ben Skoranek yeah, he, also uh, a, filled a hole. Yeah. Like there was a hole that Ben Skoranek filled um, oh, much he, in the uh, same way. The beauty Riggs of did. the beauty of Notre Dame's offense that year was that we were a three tight end style team anyways then you're rolling out with big ben skoranek as your wide out you're just fucking beating teams up with your wide receivers like it was it that was those were some man moments uh that was that 2020 right was that yeah it was 2020 yeah 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 hey that was i I mean that was a i would say if you if, if the proof's in the pudding I think that if we want to separate the difference between Cody Riggs and uh, Ben Sco, you can just look at the 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 the, uh, the end product of the team, which I think puts Ben Sco as the best Notre Dame transfer of the last twenty years. Is that fair to say he's the is Ben Sco the best? Is not Brandon Joseph? <laughs> I mean, no, uh, no. I mean, maybe Joseph comes back for another year. I don't know. I mean, maybe he does. I'm not, I was sold that he was gone. I mean, that's the tale that's been said that he was, it's one and done for him. He's gone, but I don't think that this that year would was be so underwhelming. This year was so underwhelming. It's like, it's hard to see his draft stock improved at all. And, and yeah, I don't, I, mean, I, don't down. Think, I don't think Brandon Joseph had a bad year by any stretch of the imagination, but it was not, it was not what I think he hoped it would be. And I don't think it was what Notre Dame hoped it would be. I for mean, there could, I mean, 
Although if he does bolt, I mean, you could say there's a starting job open for a certain recruit. If he still wants to stick around. I mean, there still might be one anyway, at least to play a Kyle Hamilton uh, role for freshman, right? Freshman Kyle Hamilton role. How about John? There'll be a rotation regardless. John Sott. You know what John Sott might be? Well, John Sott for Heisman was a real campaign. I waged it. I mean, John Sott was immaculate. Um, but I, I'm not going to give that title to a punter. We we look like goobers if we do that. Mm, right? I don't we know look if we like, like goobers. We look like goobers if we're but like we the best transfer we've ever we, had is punter. It's like no, 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 no. Kane Madden we might look like assholes. Kane Madden had ended up having a good season, right? Uh, oh, I yeah. forgot all about him. I mean, he had an okay season, yeah. But I don't think it was this. Didn't? No, he didn't. We were screaming for him to get benched. For the first like six weeks, but I think he. And then we he, just gave up. I think he sort of uh, leveled out. I mean, I mean, he leveled out, but it was just like that was a filler guy for uh, sure. With his tackles. By the way, they Look, went final I, just, in both. It's just amazing that Notre Dame didn't have it. And uh, Toledo pulled it out, and you you ruined it for us. We gave Jude How House for the eyeballs because you were the one that picked Toledo and. Did Jude and I pick Liberty? Who was favored? Toledo was. Toledo won, but they didn't win by five. Oh, man. I didn't know the spread was that much. I mean, I'm sure I did when I picked it, but. Well, you certainly did. Not today when I was thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, not today when I was thinking about it. Oh, the Josh curse of Hmm. the. uh, The picks. Hey, look, I finished in the top. I finished. I finished in the fucking top 10 on tally site. For no, and money you won, line, all right? And you won the money line for the uh, OFD picks. But man, if you look at the OFD picks with this uh, bull with the bulls well, on for there, the sp- you have collapsed. And for the for the podcast, but for the podcast picks, I I was king of the spread. We used spread were, all, all season long. You were John Sullivan launching a ball over Jimmy Clausen's head right now. Well, he still went on to be an all pro, even if he was an asshole. Yes, he did. So, um, <laughs> continuing on, I t- one thing that does concern me, though, I mean, honestly, with this class, is that Kenny Minchie cut his fucking hair. Well, you think it's a Samson scenario? Are we looking at Samson here? I don't know, but I don't like it. Like, I love like, I like this hair. Me I too. fucking love this hair. Why is that got to go? I just to be I clear, like I'm talking about biblical Samson, not Pete. Well, Pete, well, Pete. Pete wishes he had that. <laughs> Kenny Minchie did, and people as, admit to that. As the as, as does this podcaster here in Ohio. I listen. I'll, I'll tell you guys real quick. So last <laughs> yesterday, I had like a terrible day uh, raising a 13 year old daughter uh, who'll be 14 in a couple months. Is like it's pretty much a fucking nightmare, right? Mm. And it just it was it was not a good day. And then uh, my wife tried to chime in uh, when I had a disagreement with my with my daughter. It was kind of like trying to talk me down. And I took that in a bad way. Like, are you talking to me like I'm a fucking child? Like, what, what was just happening here? I had, a, I had a bad night last night and I was feeling like pretty, pretty kind of like wild. And like, I mean, honestly, like wild and crazy. Not like fucking like breaking boards or I mean, just like I kind of felt like a little nuts. Like, what the hell is going on around here? And I felt really sweaty. Why well, haven't you watched like cops? Two weeks. 
I haven't like I haven't shaved like in two weeks. I haven't cut my hair, which you know I, I keep my hair pretty close. I haven't cut my hair in a couple weeks. I'm looking pretty shagadelic and feel feeling pretty shagadelic. And I'm sweaty and I'm a mess and I'm like, and my wife said something to me about it and I'm like, she's fucking high on crack. But I gotta tell you what, boys. About midnight last night, went into that bathroom, gave myself a haircut, jumped in that shower, got out, shaved, cleaned myself all up. I felt like a new fucking man. So maybe Kenny Mitchie wants to feel like a new man. Maybe the hair was driving him crazy. I don't know. I like a close cut. So, anyways, telling you, I, I was trying to grow the beard out. I'm, that's how that's how into outlaw country I, I got, boys. Driving around in my pickup truck, thinking I could just be growing this beard and feel like a normal person. And no, man, I just felt hot and sweaty and itchy. Can't do it. I was glad that you were able to give yourself that reset. I, I totally understand the the thing about how your hair starts bothering you, and if you don't don't like your haircut, or you don't, or you're you're past due for a haircut, that sort of resetting on that makes you feel like a little bit more like yourself. So I get that. I get that. Yeah, like I, I did. Like you fell out of control for a minute. And look, I, it's well documented on this podcast. I got some fuck. I got real brain damage. So I started. I mean, I honestly started thinking, like, God, is something clicking wrong up there again? Like, God damn it! Like I was Jim, feeling kind of out of control. Why are you? Brain, like, why just, are you doing this? Just fucking, just work, would you please? All it took was a was a haircut to shave and a nice hot shower at midnight. Total reset. <laughs> Anyways, so maybe Kenny Mitchie just wanted to cut his dun, hair. Dun, 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 dun. <sighs> But uh, look, I like Minchie quite a bit. Um, some recent footage of him working out and stuff like that. I really liked his. He's got a pretty live arm. Like that's that's a good arm. That is not a that's not weak sauce there. That's, <coughs> excuse me. That's something they definitely can work with. Um, it's underwhelming in the sense that we all thought Dante Moore was in because he. I mean, he was in. And then after that, it's just like, there was still there was still like big like five star names out there. And then you think about the guys that were kind of like passed on because of Dante Moore. And you're it just it feels like it felt under, it feels underwhelming going into it. But if you really look into more and more about Kenny Minchie, that's a good football player. You know, we're talking about hey, when's the last time we got got a player like this of that caliber? I mean, I mean Kenny Minchie's. Pretty good. I mean, I know Buckner was rated a little higher coming out of high school. Since but I mean, Drew Pine. Oh, my. I quit. I, no, no. Look at the recruiting. I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna live in a recruiting rankings world, I mean, it's about the same. Live by the rankings, die by the rankings. Drew Pine was two twenty five. Yeah, Minchie is uh, one sixty five. Like Josh said at the onset, I mean, it's all kind of the same in that area, right? You know, you get like the the twenty. It is. 20, it is. It definitely is. Yeah. So, but no, I, I like Minchie a lot. He's not five ten. He's six one. I, he I thought it was really funny that, that the main, not the main, but like, it was really a focal point when people were talking about Minchie, about how tall he was like, Hey, he was verified at six, one and a half. Like, <laughs> like, like, like that, like it had to be, you know, get that, get that half in there. But honestly, like pictures of him, uh, you know, standing next you to like Tommy, like, yeah, Tommy Reese. He looks, looks I mean, he definitely looks uh, tall enough. Like he looks, he, he doesn't look like a non quarterback back there. He's playing not doing the tippy toes picture thing, which is never great. 
where he takes the picture. No, no, no. Yeah. No, he's not doing that. No. no that got the, what, what's the name of that? Uh, they got like late night infomercials with the with the shoe lifts. Uh, well, you know I'm talking about you guys the one where the uh, I sent you though the guys the one that, that Drew Pine probably wore to his Arizona State meeting where it gives you an extra three inches. Uh, where he's like, let, I, yeah. I don't take a single quarterback under six one, and then he's like, Yeah, I'm six one. I'm six one. Look at my lifts. Yep. Uh, check me out, coach. I mean, I so, yeah, hold. So I, Minji Minji is a good pickup. It's better than any quarterback pickup they've had um, since Phil Jerkovic. Right. And it, and honestly, as they like, I, and this is, this is not a disrespect to Kenny Mitchie. This is just fact. Like he's not even the, he's not even the plan B. He's like the plan, like G. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, he's, he's down the line of, of where they're at. Just go look at their offer list and you get a better sense of like where they're at. You know, he was down the line. You get him to decommit from Narduzzi at Pitt, which already makes him a champion in, in my book. <laughs> and, you know, and, you know, and he's coming in with the full Addition knowledge of who's already, of who's already here. And then a CJ car coming, coming in here after him. Yeah. yeah. I like his, I like his giant balls. So I, there, there's a lot to like about, about Kenny Minchie. Um, do we like we'll players that come it. from, do we I, like players that come from Henderson, Tennessee? Oh, Hendersonville, love them, love them. You know who else loves them? ESPN, who has Kenny yeah. Minchie rate, rated a lot higher than everybody else. So, Pope John Paul II, we should be recruiting that that school every year, every year. Send them some maple bars. Send them some holy water. No, no, you got that in spades. <laughs> Is there oh, is there shit. anybody else in the class that that people should know about um, that's going to sign th- that like what, drives your engine? What's funny is that yes, yes, there's there's plenty in here that they should. Is it Ben like, Minich? Yeah, well, it's pronounced Minick. Minick. Like like Minick Road in Fort Wayne. Ben Minick out of Lakota West here in Ohio. Uh, love that. I mean, his ranking has actually like. Got his composite rankings a lot lower than than a couple other places where they where they have him. Like twenty four seven, I think has him ranked. It's because he's short, right? Really, jet. yeah. So I mean, if you if you want to tell me he's um, yeah, he's a yeah, he's twenty four seven has him at three thirty nine. Yeah, three thirty nine. Right, composite, but but twenty four seven themselves has him at two thirty two nationally. Yeah. Stop. So like. That's good. I mean, he's a, he's a night. He's a good player. He's he's a good football player. <laughs> Seen a lot of him this year. Uh, his his partner back there, uh, and it, the name escapes me, uh, playing the other safety spot back there. He's going to Ohio State. He's ranked a lot higher. I was telling you, you don't see much of a difference out there in the field between the two. I mean, Minick really really brings it out there. He's a dare I say a Tommy Zibikowski type player. Uh, out there, maybe not quite as fast, uh, but definitely tough. Kick and bring the wood. But no, I like him a lot. Um, I mean, people should know uh, Cooper Flanagan. Just just another tight, just another tight end coming to town. Uh, was a six five two twenty eight, and this is a kid that Alabama was trying to flip really hard. So, you know, take that for what you will. Some people 
put a lot of credence behind uh, Dane what Chris Bama, High School, right? What Bama wants. Was that Chris High School? De La Salle? I don't was think it, so. No, we're, I know not even sign, have signed kids hey, from De La Salle. Hey, I mean, yeah, the Isaiah Foskey is from De La Salle. Yeah. Uh, uh, who, Matt Driscoll. Matt Driscoll, Seth, former linebacker yeah. at Eastern Michigan in 1996 from De La Salle. And his hot girlfriend who was on the dance team for the Pistons. Nope, Dan Chris um, was a name Sherman Oaks. Yeah, no name Sherman Oaks. That's what it was. We weren't in Ohio, so I couldn't just name it off the top. But I knew Chris was in that De La Salle, which is a pretty famous high school. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dennis Quaid made the movie. Um, uh, like Bubacor Treor, that's a that, he's an interesting guy. He's not going to get a lot of press because he's a, he's from Massachusetts. Like you get those Northeast guys that they're just not going to get a lot of hype. As long as he's not from Connecticut, sign me up. Uh, yeah, he's not from Connecticut. But uh, but you know. A lot of length there, a lot to like. That's an edge player um, coming in. He he might end up growing into a DT, too. I don't know. Um, and they flipped him from BC, right? Yeah, they did flip him from BC then pretty early. I mean, that was back in – feels like that was back in late spring. But um, did we talk about Micah Bell? Uh, I mentioned him sort of like I said, Michael Bell would have been like the bellwether of a Brian Kelly cornerback. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not really in depth. Uh, No. Anybody talk about Jaden Osbury from University Lab High School there in Baton Rouge, the the high school that's on LSU's (laughs) campus? Yeah. I mean, Jaden Osbury is there's another guy whose rankings drop like a rock uh, despite great production. Of senior year. It would be like getting a kid out of Pioneer and not getting him and not going to Michigan, like across the street, right? Well, unless you're like, unless you're Michigan State or like Western or Eastern, because then you just got your, uh, <laughs> get your denial letter from Michigan. Right. <laughs> so right, right. Up but I mean, you're not getting a denial letter when you're like the 156 ranked player in the country, right? No, no. But I, I mean, I'm pretty sure Osbury and I, I think there's somewhere to check, but I'm not, I'm not going to take the time. Pretty sure he was ranked in the top 50 for a long time. And then just started dropping like a rock. Like, like, like Drake Bowen, Brennan Vernon, Jade Nosberry. These are all guys. These are all guys who were at one point were like, like, you know, five, like five stars or almost five stars in this class. And for whatever that reason, bump. That Notre Dame bump, despite, yeah, that Notre Dame bump. Despite despite great production on the field, just kept dropping. Maybe they didn't go to the camps. Maybe they committed too soon. I don't know the politics of it, and I don't really care either. Um, but for them to be on the radar that early, that high, shows you that they that they made a splash early. They've been playing good football for a long time. Um, you know, and there's a, there's other key role players in here. I mean, Brandon Hillman, athlete out of Virginia, Portsmouth. Uh, you know, look, if things don't hit well with Peyton Bowen. At least you got numbers right still with safety. Like, right? Like with Ben Minnick and Hillman, like, you got some numbers there. Uh, Armel Muckham, the second lowest ranked recruit in the class. That dude's just been playing hockey most of his life. Like, he just started playing football. He's 6'3 and a half, 255. Uh, who knows what we got there, right? Like, he could be a fucking stud. That could, that could definitely be like the Tom Hammond uh, the story, right? Armel Muckham. Played hockey most of his life. He just started playing football two years ago. And I got PTSD from Tom Hammond. Was that a good Tom Hammond? 
Uh, yeah, it was okay. Dude, what would you give that Tom Hammond? Dude, what would you give that Tom Hammond? Uh, like six. Yeah, I think six is uh, about right. Well, I got <clears throat> I got a frog in my throat. I'm gonna one day I'm gonna get it to a nine, Jude, and I'm gonna blow your fucking mind. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, I, I keep going up from the bottom here. Like Zinner, his brothers uh, plays yeah. on, on the offensive line at Michigan. Another Massachusetts kid, uh, Zaxon. Just the, he, look, he's a he's a right. Yeah, yeah, Zach Zinner is up in Michigan. He's just a he's a built football player. Like Preston Zinner reminds me a lot of of um, Drew Tranquil, but bigger coming out of high school. Like Tranquil is right around right around six one, two hundred maybe or so coming out of high school. Zinner's a bit a little bigger at six three two fifteen, but just kind of like that. He he's basically he's Drew Tranquil's body style like in three years later. I like, like him a lot. He's aggressive. He attacks the football. Um, look, we, they, they just keep stacking up this team with linebackers, but we keep, <laughs> I think we our, our entire starting linebacker court's coming back next year. We keep stacking up with linebackers behind him. So we'll see how many we keep on to, but I like him a like lot. The, the head coach uh, of the linebackers coach. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I like uh, look again. Keep coming up from the bottom up top. Chris Tarek, kid was committed to Wisconsin. I like offensive linemen that want to go play at Wisconsin. We'll see how that works out. Uh, I mean, he's you know a three-star, 478th ranked player. We'll see what happens. I've that's not out of the realm of possibility. This guy ends up becoming an All-American. Who knows? You don't know. I don't know. But he's six-five, three hundred to fucking ten pounds, and he wanted to go eat cheese. I'm cool with that. Uh, you know, that's just kind of funny. Notre Dame, their offensive line, like from the bottom up, you know, Tarek Pendleton and Otting. And look, Otting just earned his fourth star. Uh, he, he actually went up quite a bit in the rankings. Um, you know, Sam Pendleton. These are all these just mauling kids, man. So the class looks good. Aiden Schuler is a name we haven't mentioned. Another, another safety in this class. I mean, just get the athletes on here. I think they've done a pretty good job of that in this class. And again, we're talking about even if you take Peyton Bowen off this commit list, then go ahead and throw, I mean, just throw Jaden Lamar off there. He's, he's going elsewhere. Take them off. And you're the top half of this class is still really fucking good. And it's still better than what we've been bringing in. So that's, it's an improvement. Anyway, you slice it. It's an improvement. Can can I offer to you um, uh, a take? I think that the biggest I loss, <laughs> I think the biggest loss of this Notre Dame class, if you're looking at it, um, is the fact that they didn't go in as much on Monroe Freeling as they probably should have. Is that a is that a sensible take? Yes. I think that if this. Mean, I, I think that Monroe Freeling probably they didn't wanted like him to as much for, for whatever reason. Yes. I, I know, I know, but I mean, like for whatever reason, they so, didn't go in on as much Mo, Monroe Freeling as they probably should have. In, in so is that is that well? Is that really a loss then? Like if if but I mean yeah yeah. Did you still do you do you think Tarek is better than I mean 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Monroe Freeling, Monroe Freeling, just for reference, is a 6'7", 283-pound tackle from Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. He's the 57th-ranked player in the country, and he's committed to Georgia. I don't know if he ends up at Notre Dame, but he's a guy that wanted to go to Notre Dame, and he said they, Notre Dame basically told him there's just not spots for you. Right? Is that, is that fair to say? Is that he, he said that Notre, Notre Dame basically peeled off from the recruitment? Uh, and that's yeah, when, he felt the, uh, when they had, and that's also when Notre Dame sort of had Elijah Page in the, in the mix too, right? Yes. Yes. He, he most definitely was. So yeah, that's uh, I think there's a lot, you and I, and a lot of other people would, would agree that Freeling, it'd be better Freeling is in this class, but even if, Okay, so the, Notre Dame didn't want him, right? Basically, is what we're saying. So maybe there's something outside of of his actual gameplay that just maybe he just wasn't going to be a fit at Notre Dame. And we all know that's something that's important. And I think when it comes to offensive line, when it comes to offensive yeah. linemen, I think it's even more important. Like that, those guys are fucking, those okay. guys are gelling. Like you don't need your running backs to be best best friends. But you, I think you really do need your offensive linemen to be, <laughs> to be boys. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. You know, better if Clarence Lewis and Benjamin Morrison are hanging out. But it matters if, you know, if Blake Fisher and Joe Alder are hanging out. They better be hanging out. Yeah. Well, better maybe be not those two. Maybe not those two, but the, but the one immediately to their left or right. The guard uh, needs yeah. to be hanging out. Get in there and join that club, boys. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's a big miss in a, in the sense of like, that's a high ranked maybe, prospect. Maybe, yeah. Maybe a misevaluation by the staff and Harry he stand, or maybe it's accurate. We, I maybe mean, we won't find accurate. that out. You don't know, because I mean, like, like, like we said earlier on the best offensive lineman, um, you know, from his class was Joe Alt and there was Rocco Spindler and Blake Fisher in that same class. So, right. Uh, and like you go, like you go up and down and I've done this before. Like look at, look at the offer sheet that, that they got out there, which by the way, they had pretty low offers for, for a big committed class. Like right now, like, even if they, you know, lose Bowen and lose Lamar, even if that happens, still a decent sized class, almost 25 kids, but there's only 165 offers out. It usually, it's usually around 180. Well, usually like around 190 up in the, up just over 200. So, they did it with, with a lot more focus this cycle, it seems, than in the past. Like they just weren't casting a net, see what they could catch. Um but like running back, for example, right? Their top their top legitimate target was probably Justice Haynes. But he's been, you know, from Beaufort, Georgia, he's been all I'm staying in the, you know, either Bama or Georgia for a long time. He ended up committing Alabama. And then Richard Young. Like just getting Richard Young on campus was kind of a big deal because there's there's no one that thought he was going to give Notre Dame any thought at all. Now, maybe it was, maybe it was a nothing burger, but I mean, still getting a kid to use one of his five officials as in it, say, he, you know, they weren't going to win at all. It still was a big, big deal. Get him up there. Um, he ended up at Alabama. It is what it is. Uh, but Jeremiah Love was the next guy. So like your top, like, legitimate target you got right 
like the other guys have offers because they're great players and you know you throw out the dice and let's see what happens but like between Richard Young and Jeremiah Love I mean Richard Young was a serious guy I guess you had him up for a visit so see what you could do they couldn't reel him in but Jeremiah Love right after that that's just like an example of a bringing you know of targeting the best now wide receiver is a little different story which feels like a goddamn uh on repeat carnell tate was a kid who i'd say a year and a half ago people he was guaranteed to go to Notre Dame, right like Car- carnell tate was was all but signed in Notre Dame. uh obviously that went completely sideways uh when brian hartline steps in uh grabs him that's your top target then he started then you start going down down the list but still getting four guys and i mean and, and three of those guys are um you know, ranked for, you know fairly highly all four star oh, no, four star four star kids well you know i mean rico flores is from california yeah yeah but i'm saying so four of, of the three yeah but you beat out ohio state for florida's so there's some good there uh you know you stayed away from malik elzy who yeah, he committed to Cincinnati, I think, or Louisville, and decommitted. You know, he maybe ends up at Illinois now. I don't know. Uh, Simeon kid, you don't see those. You used to see a lot of Simeon kids. Now it's like it's a rare, you know, a real rarity uh, anymore. Uh, but no, they just. I thought they did a good job this this cycle of of uh, of putting their focus in on kids and then get, not not all eggs in one basket. So what would you grade this? All right. So I guess my question to you is uh, without Peyton Bowen, what would you grade this class? I mean, it's a, it's a B plus, but with like a, like a, it's a B plus, but like with a footnote, this says you're right there, buddy. You're right there with Peyton Bowen. What is this class? Uh, it's an A minus. Like it doesn't bump it up all that much more. Um, I mean, but it, it does it get it. This class puts it in an A category. Yeah, I, I look. I would love to look. I would love this class to be a to be an A class. And when it's all said and done in three or four years, uh, maybe it is. Maybe maybe it's a fucking uh, a playoff hunting a uh, bunch of bunch of monsters out there. And I, I could see that because I like a lot of the guys on here, but just purely based off of recruiting rankings and and all that, there it's a B plus class. But like like I said, with the footnote, that's that's and that's being as objective as I can be. Yeah, you did a good yeah. job. I mean, so you're you're a number I mean, cruncher. I like you're I like I, I like Minchie. I like Minchie, but I think that you could have gotten. I think you screwed up your quarterback recruiting, <laughs> but you know you. You thought you had one thing and you then thought you had it. That you, was gone. I mean, you didn't know. Yeah. That, but nobody thought here's the thing. I think when you look at this recruiting class and just the re- entire recruiting cycle going into the 2023 recruiting ranking or the recruiting cycle, there is no one that conceivably looked at what ended up happening with NIL and the bag man, like, this was even a, this in my, was like a, even in my wildest dreams yeah. that I didn't think it would be as outrageous as a Tennessee quarterback 
commit getting $8 million. He's not going to see $8 million. I've seen some things written about it where it's like it's so incentive laden that he's probably only going to see like $3 million. But I mean, we're still talking about $3 million. Um, but no, th- this, this was such a unique and this was the first real class, like you said, that, that had the back man in play and nobody was really sure how it was going to play out. I mean, last year it existed obviously from Texas A&M's class, but that came, you know, midway through. It wasn't like it was with this one where the, the rules were set and things were starting to get thrown around. Right. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say definitively, um, then anyone was impacted by it, but I think it's pretty well established. But somebody like a, a Keon Keeley, if 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 this wasn't the case, um, he probably would have been at Notre Dame, right? Oh, absolutely. for sure. I mean, he, yes, yes. Dante and Moore, Dante throw him Moore, in the back. maybe, maybe. I, I mean, say pro- it, I say probably. I, if if NIL wasn't a factor. I'll say I'll here's say the one thing 99%. I will say with Dante. Here's the one thing I'll say with Dante Moore. Like if he if he just ended up at Oregon, I would say yeah. But like the wishy washiness of him ending up at UCLA, it just well, it seemed like uh, what, that. What whole if you, what if the wishy what if the wishy washiness was because of the uh, the structure of the deal? Maybe it wasn't as good. Maybe yeah. Maybe as you think, yeah. But I, I, I mean, I, I just remember all, this this all, being a, a kid and family that said they wanted to have it wrapped up before the season started. And they've said it, a lot of things. They said right, a lot of but things. But that's what I mean. It's like so, I, I don't know. Right. It was. But but Cam. But they didn't say it was their out chase. Well, Dante Moore's fan. Well, not Camp didn't say it was their out chasing the back, which and which nobody was reporting as well. No. But it had become clear to everyone that's exactly what was happening. Which is fine because even Which if you, I'm so sick and tired of, I'm sick and tired of people saying, well, that's not nil. I don't fucking care. If no one is a force on a rule, it's not a rule. All right, so who gives a shit? You should get pulled over for doing 30 to 25. You're breaking a rule. Yeah, you're not getting pulled over. So it wow. is what it is, right? Right. It's it, it just is what it is. I've well, unless it's 3 a.m. and the cop 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 wants to get you for a DUI. But anyways. They're out chasing the bag, but this class itself, like this was, this could have been like the, the could have, could have, should have, would have in this class is so great. If you take Jaden Lamar out and you throw back in Dylan Edwards and Keon Keeley and Dante Moore, Notre Dame would have the number two ranked recruiting class in the country right now with a, with a 302 point level, even at 288. I th- is this the highest? No, at 288, I think this is the highest points uh, total Notre Dame has grabbed uh, since like 2010. Like it's, uh, no, before it's 10. Not, 10 class sucked ass. Um, it would have been, uh, what, the 13 class? Well, I think it was a stat that Wilt found throughout. I think he was using 2010 as a baseline for some reason or other. At any rate, it's been a fuck, It's been over a decade since you got a class rated this high yeah, rated this high as, you know, regardless of your of the class rankings against the other teams, like the actual talent you're bringing in. And I think people need to understand that, too, as well. Like 
yes, it's important to like shoot for that top five class because that means you got a lot of talent. But just because you're sitting there at number nine or number 10 doesn't mean you didn't bring in a shitload of new talent of good talent. Like it's still a lot of talent there. And yeah, you'll point out though, well, they don't, they didn't get the elites and I get that and understand that completely, but it's still the best haul you've had yeah. in over a decade. That's so still the, the 13 in a, class in a time, was two, listen, in a time for the 13 class was 284. Right. And that's the high weather mark of the Kelly era. Right. And look in this time, in this day and age. And again, I think maybe we under, uh, we underestimated, I think a little bit of the NIL stuff or again, I'm using NIL for everything because it's just easier to say than whatever. But we, under, I think we, you know, in a lot of ways we underestimated it, but yeah, this it's still it's still a fuck two eighty eight is still a great haul. You take Jaden Lamar out, um, out of the two eighty eight, and it's still two eighty eight six. You know, it's still right there. Uh, take out. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it's two eighty seven. If you take Jaden Lamar or with Jaden Lamar, is, God damn it. No, that's Sam right. Jaden right. Lamar. Take, yeah, you take Jaden Lamar out and Peyton Bowen's in. It's two eighty seven. You take Which Peyton is the Bowen highest out, it's been since, it's, I mean. It's, two, it's 279. Now, everybody wants to slot Notre Dame automatically at nine, which would be, they would be ranked ahead of Tennessee at 276. But Tennessee could still add more guys from now to, to February signing day. It probably will, which right? Moved, because Tennessee's could, in the back game. It probably will. And we don't know what Notre Dame is going to do. Like, it's not set in stone. Like, we don't foresee them signing anybody past the guys they have like going into the February signing day, Logan like we don't Diggs foresee that up. Logan Diggs says, hello. Well, right? well, well, Logan, Logan Diggs held out. <laughs> right. So, but I mean, he says hello. Right. He, he does. He, I picked up the phone, but it still doesn't mean like, Hey, there's still, the, there's this guy who had a change of heart on signing day elsewhere. And now he's not so sure about that school at all. Maybe that's the guy you go after. I don't know. We, we'll, we'll find all that out here in the next couple of weeks, um, definitely, uh, who decided to like hold off until February, um, you know, come Saturday. Cause you, on this early signing period, you only have from Wednesday to Friday to sign. And anybody who wants to early enroll has got to be signed in by Friday. Yeah. So like anyone who thought that possibly like Peyton Bowen might hold off even longer, longest he can hold out till is, is Friday. He's already graduated high school. So, he, he's got to go to he's going to go to college uh, and it's he's going to sign with Oklahoma, Oregon, Notre Dame at some point tomorrow, probably on Wednesday. So. All right. I don't know. Well, I'm, um, happy with, I'm happy with this class. Okay. I, like, I like the kids we got. And look, I want to make that clear. Like. I love the fucking kids that we get. And I will, you know, like I've said it before, like I would be hard pressed to like start trading guys off especially like once they get to like sophomore level, like I'm just not that guy. Like that's the guy you wanted. He wanted you call me, call me Catholic who will never get divorced. Uh, but it's just like that. Hey, you want to be here? I want you to be here. Let's go fucking let's, let's do something here. Um, but I do like the kids that they got. Um, and Notre Dame again is a place where they got to find a fit uh, academically, socially, um, and in this new world of uh, of money and all that stuff, 
So I like them. They got some Ohio kids. They got some Texas kids. They got some Massachusetts kids. It's a, it's a wild mix. Uh, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of good things here. And again, we'll see what happens here in the next couple of years. Jude's laying back in the cut. Cause he'll talk about Bubacor Treor in about three years and be like, yeah, that was my fucking guy guys. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I hope, hope when you're listening to this, that everything went great. I hope Peyton Bowen <laughs> chose the other day. There's been all sorts of updates. Uh, yeah, I can't tell you where he's going to go. Nobody really knows except for him. Um, and anything, well, anything knows. that's been updated, it's just, knows. it's just been like, I, I was in that camp of like, I just want this over with. So it's done. But then I remembered that we reap what we sow boys for, for several years now, I have bitched to complain about the non-drama of the early signing period. You have. And I've dismissed like, like I've dismissed a Maria Walker because whatever. But like, this is like, this is major. And like, dude, this paid bone recruitment, every recruiting reporter that's going on this has said without a doubt, this is the wildest recruitment they've reported on in their career. That fuck, that's insane. So there's I, one of the Oklahoma guys even said like, We'll tell you the backstory on this. Like, there's there's got to be some great behind the scenes shit that you don't that no one knows about, except for maybe a handful of of insiders. Because when they're like, like, look, this is this is one of the wildest things we've ever seen. That says something. Because recruiting is wild. We've seen some wild shit over the years, and that's why we. I mean, you follow it to, to see what kind of talent you're getting, but at the same time, the entertainment value is off the charts because this stuff can get crazy uh, and funny. So anyways, but we'll hopefully that happens. And if not, I think I hope Brendan and I gave you guys enough hope to feel good about this. You should feel good about this class. Don't feel yeah, bad. You should, you should feel good about the good class. Feel good. I mean, I. Yeah, go ahead. I said you should yeah. feel good even about the effort uh, that, you know, you were this, you know, pretty damn close. That the the effort is. It's more there than it has been in a long time. It feels like, so that gives you hope for the for the for the cycles to come, and we'll see what happens with the nil stuff and all that. Like maybe it gets more out of hand and and crazy and and can't keep up, or maybe it gets tiered back. I don't know. Who knows what happens? But yeah. what I do know for sure is that Marcus Freeman and the staff have been pretty relentless. They're gonna grind. Yeah, they're gonna be grind. Even even they're even grinding when they make a mistake. Uh, so, anyways, all right. Well, how about we welcome Jude Seymour back to the pod with a little thing Hello, we like to do. Hey, hey some, podcast legend, with some picks. Jude, are you ready to do some picks? I feel like I'm on a I'm on a hot streak. I'd like to keep going. Yeah, let's keep this hot I, streak going. I, and and frankly, you and me are both on hot streaks. Josh is here just like his diaper is just full of diarrhea. I, and we're over here just like crushing it. Uh, you know what? Fuck bowl season. Uh, <laughs> all the nonsense. <laughs> Jude and I are about to pass Josh overall on the on the year. Uh, I know well, we want to separate the year out, but I'm pretty sure that we are still in 2022. And Josh is just like – Josh, I mean, it's uh, regular, it's regular season and bowl spotting. season, gentlemen. Josh, I, I, these aren't real games. 
These aren't Josh, real games. Josh, I want to tell you okay. though. Joshua, I want to tell you. I was 0 and 5 to open my bowl season, and now I'm 6 and 5. So there's hope <laughs> for you yet. Well, I want. Oh, that's right. I did fucking lose that that Miami Ohio one. You were 0 and 5, Jude, and you just saw a tear. Yeah. Oh, I did. I did. I did get the Troy game right, which I was very proud of myself. And then oh, right yeah. after that, then I well, then, then I go on a six game losing streak right after the pride comes before like, the Troy, fall. That Troy win was nice. And if somebody, uh, if somebody, if we had a bigger podcast following, somebody would have clipped the shit out of uh, me saying like, ah, oh, 10 points is a lot for, uh, against Florida. I, I really Florida. think Florida will come. Oh my God. I, I feel pretty good about, about that. that. I mean, I, how did you not assume that Florida was just going to lay down? Game? I don't, I, I don't know why I, I didn't you know, assume that. <laughs> I don't know. In hindsight, in hindsight, in hindsight yes. Yes. Florida that has was, laid that, down that in every bowl game that one. they have played You're since right. like, you're right. 1997. You're absolutely right. Uh, I did not. I don't know why I picked Rice. I think I just. Uh, I was just going against the grain on that one. Oh, like, I should have picked other Miss, but I was just Joshua, going against the grain. I have, I have some big news for you. Um, as of 20 minutes ago, Pete Thamel has re, is reporting that JT Daniels has selected Rice as his fourth destination for college. Look at that! Oh my and, God! And, and Matt Brown, our, our good friend Matt Brown, with the all time tweet: "Best thing to happen to Rice since beans." <laughs> uh, red beans, specifically. Yes. Which you can use in chili. Mm. <laughs> but um, you should because it's uh, which which will be important. Which will be important in Texas. It'll be important in Texas to to make sure you use beans in your oh, chili down God. there. All right, Jude. So I'm going to give you first. I'm angry about I'm angry about this Toledo Liberty game. I, was, I gotta say, yeah, because they were up 19-7 late. That's dumb. Well, That's a dumb cover. Not only that, but you, but you guys were you guys not only I mean the spread yes, but you guys would have would have picked Liberty straight up, correct? Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. No. No. Yes, you I would have. Yes, you would have. Yes, you would have. No, 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 no. Five was just Fuck too this. many points for me. Well, check the tape. Fuck this. I think I, I would have had Liberty winning, yes. No, you can't play that game where you but don't it cover matter. spread. It like, we're, playing, we're, we're not picking against money the spread. Line. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We, got, we got that. We got, we got, a, we got the, uh, the O of T. I mean, it, it was kind of a, a hustle because I was procrastinating getting the lawyer language. Uh, and I had it up and running before I got the lower language, <laughs> but, uh, but we still got that going on with, for the free, free hoodie yeah. everyone's that, but that's, that's just straight, that's just straight up for, with confidence points. I was going to do yeah, confidence points and spread to make it really tricky. Uh, but not, like straight up, like I'm not doing that bad. It's not good, but it's not bad. No, no. That helps um, sleep at night, buddy. You do it. <laughs> you do you, bud. Uh, yeah, right, I will. Okay. So. All right. Do I need to go first? I the, need, the first game. I need you to go first for me. And the first game is Air Force and Baylor. Baylor oh. is a four-point favorite. Oh, wow. Okay. So my initial thought here is that um, – <laughs> Baylor doesn't want any more, any of this air force smoke, uh, triple option nonsense. Although Baylor's going to put, put up tons of points on air force. So feels like shootout. You're supposed to take points in the shootout. What, what do I have to lay for? Four. Uh, no, that's not, that's not that bad. I'll take Baylor. 
take Baylor. I still I think they could win by a touchdown and be fine. Josh, how do you feel about Baylor's ability to defend the triple option? Well, I feel that I have a uh, beautiful Air Force home field shirt, and I do not have one of Baylor, uh, and I will take Air Force. Uh, that pretty much locks in my pick. I'm taking Baylor because Josh is picking Air Force. <laughs> I, I'll say, I will. I will say this about uh, about military academies and the bowl. It's more specifically the triple o- triple options in bowl games. Teams will have a month to prepare for it. It's not sure as uh, it's not like yeah. it will be very season. It is not a mid season. Is, is it a military theme bowl? Air Force, however, Air Force, however, does run a more modernized version um, than what Navy or Army try to pull out. It's um, funny it's that you should explosive. say that, Jude, because it is the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. And what is more uh, military than Lockheed Martin? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Nothing is more military than Lockheed Martin. That's like the old tax dollars at, at work. A, a black man and a white man uh, locking arms there, right? That's uh, Yeah, it's just the, the, it is Arnold and uh, Carl Weathers locking arms. That's right. <laughs> yeah. All right, next game. Yeah, that, uh, the Radiance Technologies. I don't know what Radiance Technologies is, and I'm not but it's the Independence Bowl. It's probably Houston. another defense contractor. I'm pr- I would I'm have to see sure the Poulon Weed Eater or. Defense uh, contractors are taking over, Jude. Yeah. They got money to burn. Walk ons. Was this the Walk ons Bowl a couple years ago? Walk ons Bowl. Oh. Uh, it, it definitely isn't the Battle Frog. Is this a Shreveport? Uh, yeah, yeah the Independence Bowl. Yeah, this is the game we lost in '97 yeah. to yeah, 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 LSU. Yeah. LSU, yeah. LSU in the in the uh, in the regular season. So we got Houston playing the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana, and Houston is a seven-point favorite in this football game in Shreveport, Louisiana. I I don't believe I've lost any more money on any team this year than Louisiana Lafayette. They are somebody that the computers love so much more than they actually play football. I just, I literally do not understand. Um, I I'm just over it. I am disenchanted and I'm going to lay whatever points Houston has to lay to get this done because fuck the raging Cajuns. You're just all in on Clayton tune and I love it. Let's do it. I'm on, season, I'm on. You know what? Both season is so wacky with the opt outs and stuff. Like I just, you just, I don't think you can take it that seriously. You know what no, I mean? In terms just of like sort of cast, cast your die as it is. It, it's it, almost it. like the, 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 the regular season, you know, you can look at the trends and stuff like that, but it's just, it's still so, so dodgy with in terms of like, and, and also the weather and the location and how much people want to be there. And well, yeah. And coach it, whether or not coaches, coaches are there. Yeah, yeah of course. And uh, I'm, I'm going team Houston as well. Because of your opt-outs or quit. (laughs) I mean, Houston's getting, what, seven points against Louisiana. Um, But I don't know. I I, I just – I I don't think – I'm just going to – I'll go all in on team tune. We got that tune to Dell connection. Sign me up. (laughs) I mean, I'm with you guys on Houston. I, I, it, this is a bitter pick. Eastern should have beat Louisiana. Should have. 
Could have had oh. someone season. <laughs> right there. Right there on our hands. Nathan Dell, by the way, might have the best hair in college football. Google him on ESPN. Look at his hair. His best hair in college football. Next game. Where, where else are we going? Do you look him up? You look up Nathan Dell on, uh, on no, Houston's I, I, roster? I, have, yeah, I will. I will. If I can't drop this in the in the chat, you'd be like, "Yeah, that's right. He does have the best hair." Oh, it's like a kid in play, right? It, I mean, I don't know, it, but it's. You it's remember, you're, just, you're too young for that. Oh no, I'm definitely not too young for kid in play or yeah. uh, uh, Adam Duritz, kind of gross. Mr. Jones yeah. video. Mr. Jones and me, yeah. That is solid. It's pretty good, I right? Always what. I do always wonder about the, about the guys with the with dreads, like with the helmet action. I I like, dated a girl. That, did, did your girl. hair hurt? She didn't. She didn't do it while she was dating me, but um, she did that whole dread thing or whatever. And it was just you just really don't wash it. It's just really kind of crazy. And it ends up smelling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's weird. Uh, I mean, like I, I don't care about that. I just want to know, like how how does that affect your helmet life? Um, I just remember, um, well, I mean, King Henry just puts his back in like, he like ties his back in like, uh, I don't know. It almost looks like a bunch of, um, uh, herbs to, that you burn out in order to get rid of evil spirits. <laughs> the best, the best was uh, green Bay. This is back before like dreads really took off for everybody. I mean, Al Harris and, uh, uh, uh Mike McKenzie. I mean, both like pat, past their ass uh, length dreads. Like just it was just part of the rocking. Legal to like grab the dreads too, right? I'm pretty sure Al Harris got drugged down by his dreads once, and that did not go over well for anybody around him. No, I pretty sure maybe it was McKenzie, but at any rate, no, that's that's good hair. I'll take that. All right, so the next game, um, Wake Forest, Missouri. Wake Forest is a one-point favorite in this football game, and everybody's favorite bowl game, um, the uh, – I lost myself here. Um, in the Union Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. Oh. Oh, this is not the, the Duke's May. What is this like, Jack? Yeah, Jack? Yeah, that's not Duke's. The Gasparilla Okay. This was a bowl. This was a bowl game that uh, that uh, Richard Johnson, that Notre Dame, predicted yeah. to go in just a few weeks ago. Yes. So does Notre Dame's future quarterback, Sam Hartman? <laughs> 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 does uh, does he get it done against uh, Missouri? Does Missouri somehow fuck up like he is? Miss- He's playing, right? He is playing, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's playing. Pretty sure he's playing too. I haven't seen anything about him opting out of this game. Like, so that's he why the he seems a little bit silly, and why I'm taking Wake Forest because I I don't foresee Missouri keeping this within um, like three scores. It's going to be. I think this is going to be a gruesome game for Missouri. I think Wake it's Forest be a slow death with a slow mesh. With he has slow deaths of the slow mesh. Like Missouri needed to rally late season in order to get bowl eligible. 
like they beat an Arkansas team that didn't care and then New Mexico state, but like, I, I don't, I think it's important in bowl in bowl games, especially like non New Year's six games. Uh, I think it's important for your offense to be like good, more than capable, like explosive at times. Like Wake Forest can put up some points. They can. Uh, so I, I, those are the teams you kind of want to lean on. I think a little bit more in the bowl games than as far as like the non uh, New Year six games. I, I think a theme is get a team be you know explosive enough to like to have a spurt like Eastern did today against San Jose State. They, they spurted out some points. Um, and it, Eastern doesn't have an explosive offense, but they, had, they got a, a school record setting offense, uh, so it was good enough. Uh, just as an example, but I like lower tier bowl games with explosive offense. This could, I mean, I, I this could be a a 45, 42 ball game. It wouldn't surprise me. Which still gives you a Wake Forest win. So are you taking Wake? Yeah, damn right it is. Yeah, I'm taking Wake too. Um, you know, I, the only thing I thought that was mildly interesting about this was that Bill Connolly tweeted the other day that his that his um, SP plus had this game at 31.2 to 31.1 or 31.3 to 31.2. <laughs> like basically, these, these two teams are just like you know the the uh, different the the Pam meme of the office. Like you know, corporate wants you to find the difference between these two teams. But having said that. Um, I think that it's just there's more going on with Wake Forest, so take I'm going to take Wake as well. I just like Dave Claus too. Like I, I like Claus. All right, so the next one: San Diego State playing Middle Tennessee State in the uh, best bowl game of the season, the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl, and uh, San Diego State is a seven point favorite. I love the Blue Raiders. I, I love Blue Raiders uh, bowl games. They tend to be pretty entertaining. Um, I'm just, I mean, they beat Miami, right? That's yeah, something. I, 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 I'm, I'm they go, beat the shit out of Miami. Go Blue Raiders. Let's get let's get some Blue Raiders going. I think we're all going to go Blue Raiders this game, right? All right. Wow. Okay. Joshua, what do you think? Are, are you feeling uh, are you feeling San Diego State in this game? I mean, the one thing I'll say about it is like I'm not entirely comfortable, but you're giving me seven points, seven whole. Yeah, that's a, honestly, God, if it was a, if it was if Six it was five, yeah, I de- I definitely go San Diego State. I'm I'm gonna go Blue Raiders. Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure if Middle Tennessee wins this football game, but I like the fact that we're getting seven points, and at the worst, it's a push, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So next one, um, the best conference in the bowl season is back at it. It's Bowling Green plays New Mexico State and are a three and a half point favorite. Um, What's amazing about this is in 2019, Notre Dame uh, won both. Games against Bowling Green and New Mexico State, fifty-two to nothing. Hey, look at that! And now here they are what, playing. Oh, wait, 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 wait! Was it? Oh, wait, or no. New Mexico State oh, was definitely fifty-two nothing, but I don't think the other one was. I New think it was Mexico. like fifty-five fourteen. It was New, Mexico. It was New Mexico. Yeah. Um, and right. but here uh, they are playing anyways, it at it was Ford a, Field in the quick. No, it was. 
It was New Mexico State in 2019. They played Bowling Green and New Mexico State. No, it was New Mexico because it was Bob Davey, right? Yeah, it was Bob Davey. Bob Davey. And he, and he ducked, remember, because he didn't come to the game because he wasn't feeling well or whatever. Oh, yeah, Christ. That's Kyle right. Hamilton uh, made yeah. himself known. Greg was at a soccer game and we were all going crazy. Yeah. Greg didn't know about it. Yeah, Greg didn't even know. Oh, man, I just, Greg didn't even see live his favorite player in the history of Notre Dame football do the most – have the highlight of his entire career. Because Greg just doesn't care. Oh, no, that I just filed that completely wrong in my head. Yeah. I was Hamilton just thinking that we were played yeah. – like, no, we played New Mexico this year, but that was UNLV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Never mind. Yeah, a couple of 6-6 six and six teams playing. Bowling Green's from the Superior Conference, the MAC, and as such, they are getting three and a half points. Whoa, whoa, whoa. New Mexico State's independent. And the Superior Conference. Well, I don't know. You got Army, you got Notre Dame. And Liberty. Can't forget about Liberty. Literally not a conference. And, 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 and UMass. It is, yeah, right. It is literally not Phil, a conference. Hey, Phil, Phil Steele has an all-independent team. Phil Steele has an all-independent team. He does. He no, sure does. It's absolutely good. It's absolutely going to match up and down here. You should basically put Notre Dame's roster on the all independent. Don't be a douche. Uh, I mean, you should. You should. Uh, yeah, Bowling Green. Mac was good. Like, believe me when I say this, the Mac was fucking good this year. They're fun. Uh, and honestly, could have been could have been better had certain certain players not been injured. And also, just like they were a couple of sets away from having a couple of really superior teams in the uh, in the MAC championship game. I mean, they weren't going to I mean, not like they were going to like fight for a playoff spot like Cincinnati did last year or anything like that. But it was it was a good conference this year. I'm going to take the Heat of Jude, and I'm going to take New Mexico State. Um, yeah, thank you. Only because um, I did notice that. Uh, New Mexico State housed Liberty and by the transitive property, transitive property. Um, you know, we'll, we'll am say I that. wrong in that one? Was it in 2020 that Liberty and New Mexico State played twice in the regular season? Gosh, I don't even know what I ate for breakfast like yesterday. I don't, you expect <laughs> me to remember two games between Liberty and New Mexico State? I mean, <laughs> I ate hard boiled eggs and Cholua. <laughs> you guys, you guys can carry on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna investigate okay. this. I'm uh, awesome. I, I feel like I'm just, I, I feel like I'm agreeing with Joshua too much, and and now I just gotta break, break trend here. So I'm gonna go uh, New Mexico State and to cover. Yeah, I feel like there's too much Joshua agreement, and it's gonna hurt our picks. Yeah, dragging us down. Yeah, yeah. You guys are so fucked. <laughs> you don't. Well, you don't even under, You you gotta understand my mind before you start figuring out if you're gonna go against or with. And you can't get there. You can't get there. Can't um, get there. Well, I'm gonna bait Josh again, uh, because once again, the greatest conference in the group of five, or in the yeah group of five, Buffalo, playing Georgia Southern in the Camilla Bowl. Buffalo is a three and a half point dog to Georgia Southern. Joshua, who you got? Oh my God, 
Buffalo is like the worst fucking team to pick. <laughs> they are, man. They, they are the worst are. team to pick. Dude, and fuck Buffalo, right? You know what? <laughs> fuck Buffalo. Have they even dug themselves out to get to this game? I mean, come on. Yeah, come on. I mean, we are getting – we here in Michigan are getting seven inches of snow on Friday, so that's going to be fun. Yeah. Hey, it's going to be a white Christmas for us, so we're pretty happy. It is. I can't even remember the last white Christmas. It was two years ago. See, and I can't – you can't even remember breakfast. I can't even remember the last white Christmas. All right, so you're In 2018 – listen, listen. In 2018, Liberty and New Mexico State played twice in the regular season. They played on Saturday, October 6th, and uh, Liberty lost that game to Mexico State 49 to 41. And then they played again on Saturday, November 24th, and they won 28 to 21. Beating the teams twice. Beating the team twice is hard to do. If only there was an independent conference championship game, these two could have played three times and then played a, a bowl and a fourth. Because they're independent. You just fucked it up. That's crazy. Like, you got to go back. Like, regular season lineups. Like, like Notre Dame played Michigan, like, once, like, three times in one season, right? Like, back in 1887. <laughs> whatever the fuck. Yeah. But I mean, you got to go way back. You got to go way, way the hell back. I think before you start finding teams that played, played the same team a couple of times. That's insane. Like, yep, you can't schedule anybody else. Let's just... Throw you another one on the fire there. I tell you those what, those are great games, right? I tell you 49, what, 41 and 28, 21. Those, with, those are with entertaining the ex- games. With the expanded playoff, you might see that happen. Where like if Georgia and Alabama play each other in the regular season, and then they play each right. other in the SEC title game, and then they play again but in the they're not going to play each other. Yeah, like three three times they could play each other for sure. But I would say like in the regular season alone, that oh, is yeah. nuts. But you're taking yeah. Georgia Southern, right? Because fuck Buffalo. Oh, absolutely. I don't, I don't like the way. Yeah, no. Jude? Uh, I'll give three and a half points too, right? Georgia Southern, fuck Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo. Oh, my God. Uh, Georgia's, uh, Buffalo got beat by a very trash uh, Central Michigan team. So uh, give me Georgia Southern too. Jeez, this is this is a wild week. Um, uh, Eagles fly. Uh, and Easter got uh, fucking routed by Buffalo. Yeah, transitive property is uh, it's fun like that. Well, it's a myth in the Mac. It doesn't count. Oh yeah, yeah, it does not count. Is the Tra- Mac it's transitive, transitive? It's it's wild. I mean, are we basically just picking a bunch of six and six teams playing? This is the third straight set of six and six teams uh, that we have picked yes. so far. Uh, That's and the entire bowl schedule. Utah State, Memphis. Utah State, Memphis is a seven and a half point favorite. So if you pick See, Memphis, this, you get seven and a half points. This is this is how seriously I'm taking this. And he's served pro first state. Uh, New Mexico State is the Aggies, right? Yeah, I already picked yes. the I already picked the Aggies tonight. I don't pick. It's the No Homers Club, so I'm going to pick the No Aggies Club. So I'm going to take Memphis.
I like that you're not uh, going all in on Aggies, though. Um, I mean, Texas A&M's not here for a reason, right? Just saying. Just yeah, saying. I like the cut of Utah State's jib down the stretch. Um, they started off the season one and four and then rallied to get bowl eligible. So I like the cut of Utah State's jib. So give me Utah State. So you like that cut, but not Missouri's cut? No, that's fuck Missouri. Uh, uh, is Memphis giving up seven, or is Memphis getting seven? Uh, Memphis is uh, Memphis is a seven and a half point favorite. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I'm gonna say fuck Memphis too. Then uh, give give me them Utah State Ags. That's I, I just see like I, I I feel awful now. Oh. All right, Carolina Bull. Um, I mean that's not the actual bull, but uh, we are getting some Carolina schools uh, with Coastal Carolina taking on Eastern Carolina in the Ticket Smarter. What the fuck is Ticket Smarter? The Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl. Um. ECU is a seven and a half point favorite as the coachless Coastal Carolina Chantineers are playing the East Carolina Pirates. So this this line is crazy, right? Because it 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 jumped crazy right after Grayson McCall made his announcement, right? Right, but Grayson McCall's playing in the game. But Grayson right? McCall said in his announcement he was playing in the game. So they're sans Jeremy Chadwell. I'm right. pretty at this point, I think off their offensive coordinator is there, but Chadwell was the play caller, but this is a, um, Willie corn offense. Look, um, I said earlier, Chansey makes it happen. Now I'm saying chance, make it happen. Give me coastal. I'm following suit. Let's see if Josh decides to follow suit as well with coastal Carolina. Does Grayson McCall get his, uh, I pissed teal uh, send off right. No, you Fox. It's going to be the pirates. You're laying seven and a half points against the chance. I thought Coastal was favored by seven and a half. No, that's no. what's weird about ah, this fuck line. It. Ah, fuck it. Give me, give me the pirates anyways. <laughs> Roll. That's what I love. You're a madman. You are a madman and I love it. Um, let's see if you I already keep... made up my mind. Let's fucking do it. Hey, who's this the wild mad... man? Who's the wild man now? All right. Mm. This is the, this is the most, Definitely. I, I mean, you could flip a coin. This bowl game is the most outrageously like, I, I don't know. I don't know. It is the guaranteed rate bowl. Uh, where, where are they playing the guaranteed rate bowl? Can anyone tell me without looking guaranteed rate bowl? Where would, where would uh, Charlotte, Tempe, Arizona. Uh, you, Jude's calls <laughs> Phoenix. It is in Phoenix. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, Oklahoma State somehow ended up finishing seven and five. Um, Wisconsin six and six. Wisconsin is a three and a half point favorite. I don't know who the rosters are. I don't know who's coaching anybody. No, no, no. Yeah, I don't know who's coaching anybody. Um, well, hey, Barry Alvarez this year. It's not Barry Alvarez this year. It's not like Purdue Surprising. bringing in Drew. Bre- it's not like Purdue bringing in Drew Brees, right? Right. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know who the well, who's the quarterback for Oklahoma State. Who's the quarterback Wisconsin? I don't know who's coaching Wisconsin in this football game. Is Jim Leonard still coaching the football? I, I have no idea. I Wisconsin's I, a three I, and a half. Point I think I def- think Leonard's still coaching, right? I'm definitely not um, betting against the Cowboys in the desert for the second straight year. I, I oh, don't think that would be very smart, right? Just look at smart. Give me the three and a half points. I'll take I'll take my chances on whoever Spencer Sanders' backup was. Josh, you want to hit your wagon? I'm going to shoot on this one for. I am. I am. My, I mean, my gun to get fucking coach, man. How long has he been coaching? Long enough that he said, "I'm 40. I'm a man," and that was at least 12, 12 years ago. Years right? ago, yeah. a decade ago, yeah. at least. Yeah, I mean, Wisconsin. I don't want to say they. They're not in shambles, but they're definitely disjointed. And I think there's a little bit more cohesiveness uh, with the pokes. Even without Spencer, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean Gundy, Gundy is a bit of a, dare I say, quarterback guru. Uh, which, by the way, you should, have you seen his kid uh, toss the rock? Holy shit. Yeah, um, anyways, he probably does. I've only seen him with a helmet on, though. Uh, yeah, I just I got a much better like just feeling about Oklahoma State than Wisconsin. Graham well, Burks, by the Oklahoma way, State, to Florida. He is heading to Florida. Which where does uh, McCall, Grace McCall go? I have no idea. He's not going to Notre Dame because he's not graduated. It's not South Bend. It's not South Bend. It's not South. It's Bend. not South Bend. He cannot go. Um, Auburn, I guess, is out of the mix too because Auburn doesn't have his uh, major, um, so he can't graduate from Auburn. So unless he wants to skip spring practice, uh, he's not going there either. So uh, that's fun. Um, so that wraps up the picks this week. Uh, we've agreed on. Let's count it here: uh, Houston, Wake Forest, Middle Tennessee. Georgia Southern and Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State. Wow, what a parlay. That'd be a hell oh, of a parlay. It would be a hell of a parlay. And I'm only doing 10 through the bowl season because there's too many games. Yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. I feel good. I feel I real I feel fucking great about these picks. I feel I feel good because you know Jude's Jude's hitting it off. But Josh, <laughs> you are your bull cancer. I sort of know <laughs> I wanna know why it's, you guys I don't want to. Why do you guys hate the troops? Why do you guys hate the fucking troops? <laughs> you know, so, with uh, with Baylor Brandon, and Air Force. Brendan, you and I only disagreed on one, right? I uh, let's take a look at that. Uh, yeah, so Memphis like, and Utah State. Uh, you fucking only, posers. <laughs> we are in the same boat. We are. We are simpatico. Um, I uh, I gave both, Brendan a piece of my door. Uh, we're both buying up Josh on the overall. Listen, he won the season. Listen, if no, no, no. Next podcast, yeah. uh, if I if I don't beat both of your guys' sorry asses uh, <laughs> with this round, yeah, both of your sorry asses, then I will let Bo uh, pick the games on my next round. I'll figure <laughs> out a way for him to figure it out. Okay. I'll I'll have the picks in beforehand, and you can put like some food to dish for him. 
I can't, dude, he will flip the fuck out. All, all you hear is. He's fat, dude. That's all he wants. So if he sees food, he's just going to whine. So I'm going to figure out a, a nip your way. I'll figure it out. Oh, shit. All right. Well, I just, I hope you're listening to this two-hour podcast and you're just like, oh, I'm so happy Peyton Bowen signed. Uh, I hope that does happen. And I also hope that Peyton Bowen is happy enough in South Bend, Indiana to last more than one year. Gotta last more than one year. Yeah, that's that's going to be a thing, too. This guy has huge grass is green on the other side vibes. Huge. Well, even if he didn't, I mean, you could say that about a lot of the recruits. Like, in this day and age, you're not sure what's going on. I mean, go ask Pat Narduzzi. They're you offering know, guys $5 million. I'll tell you one guy that uh, is not, and that is uh, Drake Bowen. Because uh, <laughs> you'd fire the whole coaching staff, and he is Notre Dame forever. Yeah, he is our uh, he is our Lewis Nix of this class, yeah. for sure. It, that's the perfect analogy. Like he, he's ride or die Notre Dame. There's nobody on this class who's more Notre Dame than, than uh, Jake Bowen. Which is too bad because his name's also Bowen and it's easily it confusing. Yes. But you know what? That makes for many, many years of Dragonheart memes uh, that we can p- pull out. So I'm, regardless, like we're we got Drake, so we can just keep on doing the Bowen, the uh, Dragonheart memes. Uh, Listen, that constellation's up there. Have the set shining brighter than ever. Quiet, dude. Don't make me cry. (laughs) Don't make me cry. That realistically, that movie is one of the saddest movies. Like you know the meme where it's like, why don't why don't boys or why don't men cry? Right, and it's like, and then it shows the 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 clip of the two dudes and like. Uh, yeah, you, you watch Dragonheart. Yeah. But, do you think Mike Gold Jr. even made it through the movie? No, no. He was probably bawling uh, before he even got to the Constellations part. Well, he was out touching grass, was he not? <laughs> touche, Jude, touche. Well, only, but only, but Jude, the, the only thing that would get him to not touch grass is to find a movie that would make him cry enough to go tweet about it. Okay. Right. And that's a movie with Dennis Quaid and Sean Connery. Was he eating mayo on the couch? Or? Which is <laughs> I, possibly. Possibly. Uh, awesome. wow. Yeah, they, there should have been. Oh, speaking of Dennis Quaid, if you're living in the area around uh, of Brennan and I, just know that I, there will be a channel that the day after tomorrow, one of the greatest movies ever made, uh, will be on. And just go ahead and watch it, man. Get prepared sure. for the new storm coming in. It's one of the greatest movies ever made. It's on all the time. Not sure what streaming service it is either. God bless you. That honestly, I want to cry just after I watch that movie because it's so fucking good. How bad you're like? How can anything else? How how can anything else come after this? I've watched (laughs) turds flush down my toilet that were more compelling than that. It's a Christmas movie without being a Christmas movie. Right, what? like you want you want a white Christmas, you want a white Christmas. Well, I'm gonna watch the day after tomorrow because at least I know there's a shitload of snow 
you know, there's Christmas a lot of snow and the wolves freeze and it's very dumb and the movie is awful. Yeah, it's not dumb. It's fucking yeah. fantastic. You should feel bad. That that movie. It's one of Jake Gyllenhaal's. Look at look at it's for Jake Gyllenhaal is it ranks right up there with Donnie Darko as one of his best performances. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, that is that is Nightcrawler erasure, and I will not hear that. I'm sorry. And he was actually very good in the second Spider-Man movie. Um, oh mysterious. wow, interesting. And Nightcrawler was. Very yeah, good. actually, he was. Jake Gyllenhaal is great in a lot of movies, so. Not Prince of Persia. That movie was terrible. Oof. Uh, yeah, but the lead female was very good looking, and I will watch uh, that again. That's true. But he was not good. Do you know I own Prince of Persia on DVD? FYI. Yeah. Oof. I might even own it on Blu-ray. <laughs> that's like my brother owning three copies of the movie SWAT on DVD. That's true story. Three, three, co- three copies. Hey, I own three. SWAT. I own three copies of Snatch. See, the, but that's a good movie to own three copies of. SWAT is not a good movie. Starring um, Ireland's uh, true-born sweetheart and uh, greatest um, actor, Colin Farrell. I own uh, the the yeah, uh, original Star Wars trilogy in in every format possible except for Laserdisc. Uh, me too. Who's the uh, Who's the black lead in that? Samuel L. Samuel L. SWAT. Yeah. Yeah, Samuel Jackson. Yeah, I think I saw I've it in the theater. Swat. I think I saw it in the theater. Was it was a so Ice Ice Cube in that or no? L Cool J is is there somebody in there like a another black actor? I don't know. About New Jack City. No, the movie SWAT. Um, I remember it. it. Came out in like oh two, right? Oh two, oh three. Samuel LL. Yeah, LL's in it. Ladies love. Yeah, yeah. What do you guys know about San Andreas? Um, the only thing I know about San Andreas is the um, video game, the Grand Theft Auto. Um, yeah, yeah. So we turned on the. TV oh no, no, no! I, I watched night. the movie San Andreas. That's the one with the rock, right? Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's, that's okay. That's okay. So we turned on the TV last night, and it was just at the end of uh, the day after tomorrow, and I lamented. I was like, "Oh man, wish this was at the beginning." Sit down and watch this. And my wife goes, well, if you want, we can put on San Andreas. It was totally fucking serious. Yeah. Jeremy Renner's in SWAT. Michelle Rodriguez is in SWAT. Yeah, no, there were definitely some dudes in there who were, before they were kind of huge, who were in SWAT. Yeah, I've never seen that. that movie, I'm going to have to write that down. That movie sucks ass. <laughs> I mean, it's not, know, not, not does it really? It's yeah. awful. Well, I, I mean, copies of it. But I mean, those type of movies like are kind of a necessity, right? No, like, like a they, don't these, like, they don't make these movies anymore. Is that is kind of the thing? Like now we just I, get I remakes like and reboots, and they don't they don't make movies. just like sh- yeah, and comic book movies. Now we don't get the schlocky sort of action movies anymore. Now those are that's just what like, I'm saying. And that, that honestly, God, that is like that's my wife and I's favorite thing to like to put on. Like we we'll, we go out we go out of our way to find like. Like those kind of whatever action movies, because we find a we find a lot of comedy in it that we can j- joke around about, and so now we have you know a million more inside jokes. Uh, <laughs> but it's just it's, it's just a good time to waste. I uh, I looked it up um, <laughs> for the movie SWAT. He didn't win it, but Colin Farrell was nominated 
for an Irish film. No, an Irish okay. film and television Academy Best Actor in a Lead Role award for that movie. He wow. didn't win it. That that's fucking terrible. Yeah. But he did he did he did win um the MTV Movie Award Mexico Best Colin Farrell in a Movie Award. So, Oh, (laughs) here's what I can tell you about SWAT. Um, I don't know if they still do this, but when I was, that was kind of the heyday of my (laughs) reviewing movies and wanting to be the next Roger Ebert and movies got dumped in August when they didn't know what to do with them because they weren't good. Like where the studios were like, Oh shit, we got dogs. So they dump them in January and August. Right. And SWAT came out August eighth that year so that's uh i think that tells you everything you need to know about swat not good not good i did not know they did that yeah i don't know if they still do it but yeah august Hmm. was a long time dumping ground for just movies that were like okay we because in september it starts getting into the film festival circuit and then that becomes sort of the oscar bait movies uh i hate everything about that i hate everything you just said in that sense June, 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 July are kind of the, you know, your or May, June, July, right? Or your typical like blockbuster stuff. Blockbuster popcorn, yeah. So like August is just I, sort of like, what do we do with this film? I think it's all bullshit. I think it's all made up now. There is no cycle that they should follow. The whole thing's stu- like me seeing trailers for movies that are done and ready to go that still won't come out until July is fucked. Just oh, put it out. If you think that's bad, imagine having kids who are super into minions and then them teasing the rise of groove and then canceling it for two fucking years because of the pandemic. Right. No kidding on that. It was worth the wait, though. It was fantastic. It was fun. Right. But right. But that's something they could have thrown in the pandemic to fucking make kids happy. Stream it on there. Yeah. Well, that's what, that's well, what streaming doesn't make money, because if you look at Disney's bottom Disney, if you. If you invested in Disney in 2014, you've now officially lost money because they went all oh, in on of, uh, Disney Plus. Well, speaking of which, they got uh, they got the new uh, uh, oh, Disney Plus got the new uh, what the fuck is it? Um, and oh, the National Treasure series. Oh, w- without without Nick Cage though, but Crash. but 100 more Catherine Zeta Jones though, but not Ooh. 1999. Catherine Zeta-Jones, though. Yeah. So. If you don't have Nick Cage in National Treasures, it's kind of like I thought you were going like to bring up Andor, the, which Andor was phenomenal. I Josh, love I saw, quick, question, quick question for you. Does Catherine Zeta-Jones still have it? You know, I was... And by, I and by, think Catherine and, Zeta-Jones... And by it, I mean the ability to give you mouth cancer. I, I mean, I'm going to have that now. Who knows? Uh, but you guys I was just going to say, I was going to compare her to... Do you not know that reference? No. So no, Michael Douglas claims that he got mouth cancer from going down on Catherine Zeta-Jones. You know, you know, you never heard this. Oh, that's an awful thing to say about somebody. <laughs> As somebody that you actually love and care about too. That's terrible. No, I was going to make a huge comparison. I think Catherine Zeta-Jones is like, kind of like Helen Mirren who stayed hot for like ever. For like a long time. And then all of a sudden just got like old. Like out of the blue. Like Sophia Loren stayed hot for like ever. And then one day old. So I don't know. 
I maybe she's cancer worthy. I don't know. I mean, you he survived, me, dude. You and he survived. So I'm just saying, you're uh, your old ass. Hey, you're your old ass Heidi Klum. Sometimes the juice is worth the squeeze. For, Heidi Klum's not old. She's Heidi Klum is old. She's fifty. She's fucking old. That's old juice. That's old, she's old, fifty. Juice. That's old. She's well. First of all, she's forty nine. Right? She won't be fifty until June, right? Second of all, so slow down. And I'm forty three. Age appropriate. That is age appropriate, but it still does not mean that she's not old. How old is Catherine Zeta Jones? Oh, she's got to be in her sixties, right? No, Catherine Zeta Jones is not older than Heidi Klum. She's fifty three. Yes, she is. She's fifty three. She's in the, oh, the new uh, Wednesday show. I'd take CJG any day over Heidi Klum. So I guess I got mouth cancer now. What, what was the first time we all saw her? What was it Zorro? Remember when what? she came up, when she the, came on the scene and everyone was like, oh, because she was like, was that the first time? I'm trying to think. Entrapment was definitely like, oh, my God. This teenage um, yeah, it was the Phantom was the first time everybody saw her. Uh, okay. I don't know if I saw that one, but I remember it. It was Val Kilmer. Is that Val Kilmer? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it was Billy Zane. Oh, Billy Zane. I hope you enjoy your time together. <laughs> Billy. How old is Sama Hayek? Because I feel like she's going to be hot for like until she's like one day she's going to be 85 and then not be hot anymore. I mean, Jennifer. She's got to be in her. She's got Jennifer Aniston's still hot, don't you think? Man, she doesn't do it for me. Oh. She's, I mean, she's no Selma Hayek. Not even close. Selma Hayek is... 56. 56. Oh, yeah. That's age appropriate. That's only 12 years older than me. I mean, do you think J-Lo's hot? Not as hot as Selma Hayek. Okay. I mean... J-Lo's 53. Was, was my ver- Would you call my her version, old? basically, of... Of Heidi Klum. And uh, let me tell you, only Selma Hayek could rock a fucking unibrow and still be hot like she did in Frida. You ever seen that movie? I did. Yeah. It's just, great. Just fucking unibrow. She still looked good. She wasn't used enough in Hollywood. I think it's bullshit. There should be more Selma Hayek. Danny Trejo should be in fucking everything. <laughs> just put him in everything. Like Danny Trejo should have as many roles as Steve Buscemi. Oh, and yes, I am listing off all members, all members from the Desperado movie cast. <laughs> <laughs> now we just go down the line. It's funny. I mean, Antonio Banderas. I mean, he's fucking, he's still got it, man. It's fucking Antonio Banderas. Nobody had better hair in the nineties than Antonio Banderas. Nobody. Uh, all right. Well, there's our signing day coverage. Some Hayek is still hot, and <laughs> and we we all like the band cake. I mean, I right, like that, that works. Yeah, I mean, it's it's truth. It's fact. It's more than you're getting from any Peyton Bowen update, which is just speculation. Which is just a uh, flip a coin. I hope I'm right because I'll look awesome if I am, and if I'm not, I'll be like, nobody's nerfing. No, because no, because you no, because you hedged it a hundred times over. 
doesn't matter if you're wrong. You've already hedged it a hundred times. Just fine. That's what you pay to do. Jude, what do you got left in the tank? I was just going to say last year signing day was actually one of my most uh, favorite days. Um, not so much about the, the, my, my uh, knowledge of the players that were signed, but the rollout that NDFIM did of the, uh, the signing day videos, they had a real cohesive narrative. Um, I think they pivoted really nicely from, from Brian Kelly leaving, even though, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the uh, signing stuff was around those Boston guys. Uh, they use a lot of cast of characters and I honestly can't wait to see what they come up with tomorrow. I'm sure that my productivity is going to go to zero tomorrow as I just watch uh, whatever they come up with. So very, very excited to see what's what's in the can for for tomorrow and and uh, hoping that, uh, you know, we have a we have a good, good signing day and all of our friends in athletics and compliance and um, admissions uh, everything goes smoothly with all the paperwork because uh, I don't believe they f- fax anything anymore. But uh, hopefully, it just all goes smoothly. I still say fax. Yeah, I still say fax. And just remember, I, I, it's the dev- it's National Letter of Intent N L I N I L is N L I, which is very important for your SEO search purposes uh, if you need to do such a thing. Just letting you know. Yeah, it's the divine right of fax machines. They they lasted longer than they were ever than they were ever intended by God. I think the fax machine was invented in the late 1800s, was it not? I just totally totally outmoded trans um, idea. Just die die fax machine die. Do you me- you remember when remember when Bama had the fax uh, fax cam girl? Yeah yeah. Was that Alabama? That was funny, yeah. And it was an SEC school. Yeah, that was. It was very tasteful, houndstooth skirt. Very tasteful. Uh, but God, man, recruiting's so fucking awesome. It's so weird and so stupid that it's just so awesome. I, I think that's what makes me mad about the money. Is now it's just a little more cut and dry. Sometimes. That it's just like the wildness of it is just numbers or like structured deals rather than just some, some weird shit that you're never going to know. So I do, I don't know. I wrote an article today that, uh, um, uh, as, as tired as I was, like I barely had my eyes open. I, uh, somehow found a way to tie in, uh, back to the future with, uh, uh, with recruiting, very uh, uh, fact centric. Yeah, fact feature two. Yeah, I. The Jits is monitoring all. Yes. Yeah. So today, what it look signing day, what it used to be. That's what I call the the damn article, and it's the goddamn honest truth. It ain't what it used to be. It's fine. It ain't gonna be this way three years from now either. It's gonna be something completely different. I like it went for decades. It was one thing for decades. It was another thing but for a short period of time. It was one thing. And now we're changing it all up again. So it's, it's just going to, it's going to change again. It's all right. Go with the wildness. Accept uh, your, your new uh, heroes wearing the blue and gold. We're going to have a good time. Brendan, what do you got left in the tank? All right. So first off, Merry Christmas to everybody. This is the last time we're going to talk to you before Christmas. Merry uh, Christmas. Oh, Merry Christmas. Happy Boxing uh, Day. And for the Christmas season, 
Um, I wasn't able to put together a full 12, but I was able to put together eight. Because uh, this podcast used to be about lists, Josh. And it used to be about putting we'll get back to lists. It. There's, there's an off season. Well, this is the only time we have lists for Christmas seasons. So we did, we did, we did fuck up Christmas pretty hard. We fucked up Christmas, but I'm not going to fuck it up because at the very end of the podcast where no one else is listening, I'm going to present the eight greatest villains of Christmas movie history and compare them to Notre Dame opponents in the 2022 season. Are you ready? Oh my God. Okay, sure. I no, Yeah, I am. And we're going to go in terms of when Notre Dame played them, not in terms of where I feel the villain is ranked on the list. So first off, Ohio State is the Grinch. They tried to spoil the season, boys, and in some ways they did. But just like Christmas isn't about seasons, the season is not about the playoffs. It's pretty good, right? Uh, Next opponent I took. Ted Moulton from the hit movie Jingle All the Way. And I said that it was like the opponent Marshall because you couldn't have expected Ted Martin from Jingle All the Way. And this is Phil Hartman's character, of course. Uh, You couldn't have expected him to be the villain. But there he was eating Arnold's cookies, just like Marshall was eating Marcus's home debut cookies. It's good, right? Okay. All right. Well, And like I said, I only had eight to work with. Next one, Oogie Boogie from The Nightmare Before Christmas. Seminal villain. Uh, Oh, who's it? Or my classic. Who's this? North Carolina, because Oogie Boogie was all (laughs) and no defense. Did you know this was coming? Because he was fucked by a simple string getting caught up by the blade that was spinning around. Like, what a piece of shit. Like, he had the guns and all the shit, and he was on the <laughs> offensive. And as soon as it came time to play defense, Oogie Boogie folded and fell apart. All right. Next all right, one. I bet. Clark Griswold, who is a Christmas villain. Are you, you that damn it. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, go Irish. Hold up. Hold up. Christmas villain, which I'm comparing him to be Stanford because this game was supposed, this game was supposed to be a blowout. Just like Clark was supposed to be the hero of Christmas vacation, but everything Clark did was fucking villainous from abusing cousin Eddie to destroying his neighbor's property and to kidnapping his boss and just ruined everything for everyone. He did not kidnap his boss. He didn't do anything of the sort. Why was his boss at his house? How did his boss get to his house? Because Cousin Eddie can't fucking figure out how to put words together. <laughs> All right. Next one. This one's for this one's for John, or for June. Scott Farkas, Christmas Story, right? Of course it's Syracuse because he got hyped up and then he <laughs> just got laid down and fucking whipped on. <laughs> Did you say Scott? Because it's definitely Scott. His Scott first name Farkas. Is Scott, Scott no. Farkas. S C E P Scott Farkas. That's his last. Yeah. That's his. And second of all, the fire red hair and being oh, the closest we have to orange on probably on the villains list is also great. Uh, oh, yeah. it's perfect, right? Perfect. It is Scott. Scott, Scott Farkas. Right. Next one. Hans Gruber, diehard Clemson, because it's the greatest movie villain of all time. 
Um, and the shoeless John McClane easily dispatched all of his goons and kicked his ass out a window, which had to have been the worst defeat of Han's life, just like it was the worst defeat of a uh, seminal villain, um, Dabo Sweeney, right? It had to be Hans Gruber for the Clemson game. Uh, next up, uh, Harry and Marv from Home Alone, Boston College, because they were just so bumbling and they were thoroughly trounced in the snow. The final one, uh, sadly, is Mr. Potter from It's a Wonderful Life. He is the biggest villain in all of Christmas movie history, trying to destroy both Jimmy Stewart's business as well as his town. And Stanley, sadly for us, we did not have an angel on our side, so Mr. Potter was successful. Boys, that's my eight. Merry Bravo. Christmas. Bravo, Brennan. Thank you for that. Well done. Well done. I'm not going to top that. I'm not going to keep babbling on, scolding uh, Brennan for <laughs> Clark 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 trash. Take. That's trash. He was a villain. He's a hero. You as a father should know better. <sighs> this is disappointing. This is All right. Well, we got to go before Jude uh, kills us. So thanks for listening. And as always, go Irish.